0: welcome in everyone to episode 55 of the battle cats podcast i'm your host caleb hang joined by our new co-host on episode number two speediest chief two two question
1: mark two <laughs> <laughs> two uh how's it going caleb uh, speedy here i'm really happy to discuss a lot of things with you we just had one of the best weekends for pvp uh, probably ever and uh, we both experienced the same event. I mean, you got a couple more hours of it than I did, but uh, it was a really, really good time. And yeah, a lot of ground cover here.
0: Yeah, no, really, really great too. You just you just got off a plane? Uh, is that, I'm understanding that correctly? Or or what were you just yeah. you said something earlier?
1: So I actually, my connection was from Columbus, Ohio, where NAIC was, to Atlanta, which is your old stomping grounds, you know? And uh, I came from Atlanta to gulfport mississippi but when i was in atlanta there were some rain delays there was a lightning storm over the airport oh so my they goodness weren't, yeah they weren't letting planes uh dock and offload passengers because they were you know concerned about the lightning and then of course they wouldn't let other planes take off so we would get like delayed 10 15 minutes at a time and i'm like Sweating, right? Like, oh my God, I'm going to miss my connection. But then, like, I realized no one's going to take off in a lightning storm if they won't even let us offload. So, yeah, finally got back, uh, picked up some Applebee's to go. I don't know if anyone, any Applebee's fans uh, listening, but. I got some got some ribs with some french Ooh. fries and finished some dinner so yeah you gotta I do the roll. cheat
0: meal you know after a long like couple of days of travel Wait so you got delayed again on the travel back too that's wild
1: <laughs> yeah yeah but it was minor and, and there's there's one more funny piece of information about the trip but yeah we can save it till later so all right all i right okay'm sure well, we'll talk about it
0: well we could probably start off with the North America International Championships aka NAIC, recap. I mean, we could probably just start with your travels there because that's, that's kind of the starting point for you, right? I think uh, a lot of flight delays and cancellations over the weekend, which was a little frightening for those that are trying to make it to the event, uh, participant yeah. or caster included.
1: Mm-hmm. But, well, um, the... North American International Championships. I mean, for those that might not know what that is, do you want to like maybe tell them what the event would, was it going to be like, what it you know what it was set up to be, and then I'll talk about my personal experience.
0: Yeah, let's do that. So it's essentially um, the final play Pokemon tournament, uh, which is hosted by the Pokemon Company. Uh, play Pokemon essentially is their competitive circuit and they had it they have it for the main series game uh, VGC they have it for the trading card game TCG and they have her Pokin, which is kind of like um, Almost like a Street Fighter type game Mortal Kombat type game But with Pokemon instead and they've had th- these tournaments for years for these other three games and this year they are including Pokemon Go in it. So if you've heard this podcast before, you know Zion and I talked about uh, Europe International Championships and uh, that was the first well that was the first stream one. It wasn't tech, the first one was technically Liverpool, but it was the second one and the first stream one of the year for Play Pokemon and myself, Zion,ic, Butters and Speedius were all casting that one. So we we were lucky enough to get invited to cast this final one, which is the North America International Championships which is the biggest uh, tournament for North America, but also ended up being the biggest tournament for Pokemon GO as well because we had the most amount of participants um, and uh, because it's an international quote-unquote uh, there's more at stake. So you, there's more prize money for winners and instead of the top two uh, getting earning a spot to world championships in London in August there's the top four so a lot more people show up for these because one they're just bigger spaces and venues for it but also there's better chance of qualifying for worlds which means the competition is just who is through the roof you know like like not everyone you might think will be there will be there but a lot of people the big names especially in North America but there are players from outside of North America and we'll get into that later that made it out and competed as well um So, really cool event. If you haven't heard of it, if you haven't heard anything about it or you haven't seen it, uh, feel free to check out twitch.tv slash Pokemon Go to check out the video on demand, the VODs, or you can also go to youtube.com slash Pokemon and you'll just find the Pokemon Go stream and they'll cover it. Nine hours of great content for the first day, and I think additional like four to five hours or something on the second day too. Um, But yeah, really, really cool PvP battles. yeah, the competition was amazing. And, you know, if you love PvP, then I highly recommend you checking it out. If you don't love PvP, then hey, man, I'm, I'm happy you are joining and listening to a PvP podcast. <laughs> Maybe you'll like it after this one.
1: Yeah, we're going to try to win you over here. Um, I just want to talk about how amazing it was that the first ever Pokemon Go you know, official Play Pokemon tournament was streamed for EUIC back in April. And you mm-hmm. and I were like the headliners, right? Like we kicked things yes. off. We did. We kicked then, it off and
0: we closed it out too. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And we closed
1: out, right? Like we're, we're bookending the whole season, which is just such like an incredible honor. It's so crazy because this is, you know, the first season. So maybe for a lot of people that only know Go Battle League or maybe you've been doing Sylph for the past, uh, you know, three, four years. Uh, I really credit Sylph with holding the competitive scene together because before Go Battle League, there was really no structure with how to compete. But now the play Pokemon circuit is essentially the, that, that is it, right? That's what we've been, like you said, that's what we've been dreaming of. We've been waiting for. So when you walk into this arena and it's just this incredible space, I mean, these ceilings are 50 feet high and it's, you've got 1500 plus competitors and judges, and there's this big main stage, but you have to walk for like solid five minutes. You know, if you've ever like been outside and you see like you know, like a tall tree or a mountain kind of off in the distance. And, you know, it's there, right? You have to like walk towards it. Like you have to make some progress because it's just so out of of reach. But this was the same feeling, but inside. And Mm -hmm. then there's this huge red carpet that's like 20 feet wide and it stretches like halfway through the arena. These Pikachus that are just, they look like they belong at the Macy's Day Parade, right? They're like huge floating Pikachus and just the pageantry of it all is just so amazing. And Again, being at that event was incredible. Like you said, uh, probably 130 roughly of the best in North America and beyond came. I think we had participants from uh, LATAM and Europe as well. And yeah, for a lot of people, this was their first regional or it was their third. But either way, I thought it was a huge success. And uh, it really kind of sets the stage for the next thing, which should be Worlds. Yeah, exactly. It was was just amazing entertainment
0: too. And I think there was a lot leading up to this because people for those that were tuning in for the past few months uh starting were really from like all the way from april were watching these other regionals and internationals as well too um and there's there were a lot that were hosted from play pokemon and like the pokemon company and the streams and everything but there's some other ones like the one i think in mexico city uh you know australia all these different things there were there were um in france as well there were just streams hosted by other organizations um mm-hmm. and uh, but the competition was still just as you know legitimate and stuff and it's still those people that won that won those tournaments still qualified as well for world so it's really cool to see all of this culminate to this final event in columbus ohio this past weekend and mm-hmm. yeah it was it was absolutely amazing um do you want to <laughs> kick it off with uh some, some of the uh some of the transportation issues <laughs> that I'd like you yeah, to, yeah.
1: yeah I, I'd be happy to I feel like uh, some people of course you know you had a, a quicker time getting there than than others but uh, for me personally um, so we were supposed to arrive on Thursday do rehearsal on fr- on Thursday night excuse me where we kind of just kind of do a run through the show talk about you know what's coming up what the scenes will look like. it's a really cool kind of insight into production and it really helps us prepare even if it's short. It's great talk to just kind of know where things are going to go. And if you're comfortable, it makes a world of difference when you're you know, on camera and you don't have to sweat and look down at the Discord monitor and wonder what's coming next. But uh, we were supposed to do rehearsal. I understand, uh, if I remember right, you and Butters got a little bit delayed, but you still made it mm-hmm. Thursday night, yeah. right? Which was like always the plan. Cause we both missed Friday, rehearsal, but we, we did make okay. it, yeah, eventually on Thursday night. Well, you, you guys are vets too, right? You, you did at UIC, <laughs> so not a big deal. But uh, yeah.
0: We literally casted it with each other less than a week prior at Milwaukee. <laughs> so so oh, we, we were warmed up. Yeah.
1: And the irony of it was that I was supposed to be the first one of all four of us to get there, mm-hmm. right? And I was supposed to arrive at like 11 a.m. So I wake up, I go to sleep around midnight. I wake up at 3 a.m. I go down to Gulfport for my flight at 6. That's fine. I uh, take the flight from Gulfport to Atlanta. And while I'm in the air, my flight to Atlanta gets, or excuse me, my flight from Atlanta to Columbus, Ohio, my second flight gets canceled. I'm like, okay, you know, this isn't, this isn't ideal, but we'll see what we can do. They book me on a 3.15, where originally I was supposed to leave at 9 a.m. So already huge gap, but it's fine. It's whatever. And then I start to hear about all these other cancellations, like there's storms, there's shortages, there's delays all over the country, right, that are happening. And this connecting thing was supposed to take me from from Atlanta to Savannah, Atlanta to Savannah, to <laughs> to JFK in New York to what? Columbus, Ohio. What kind of, this Dude. is
0: some wild backtracking too. Yeah. You're like flying like, all over the East Coast.
1: Yeah, it's like, we're going to take you way out East Coast and then like more towards the Central East Coast, right? But uh, that was the plan, right? 3, 3.15 was the takeoff. And I'm like going online, I'm looking at all the other options. There's there's like a couple of flights that are coming up, like there's a 115 or something like that, and it goes direct to Columbus, right? So while I'm waiting during those hours, I try to make it useful and I go over to the Delta help counter every 30 to 45 minutes and I say, Hey, I noticed this flight. You told me last time it was full. Have any seats opened up? Because like I'll gladly hop on. And I'm like going through this cycle, right? So then uh, one o'clock rolls around, and I'm like standing there at the gate for that flight because I have nothing else to do, right? I'm still waiting until three. And who walks up behind me but JR Honda of Ghost Stadium, right? <laughs> and JR's there uh, w- with his, his wonderful wife. She's so sweet. And he says, Oh, I found a, a wild speedy, you know, in, in the airport. It's like, Yeah, JR, I was supposed to leave like three hours before you even got here. And <laughs> I was just waiting to see if there was an empty seat. And is like, oh, well, I heard it was it was really full, so probably not. Uh, JR gets on his plane. He leaves. I'm still in Atlanta, and I'm uh, waiting for my 315. But this is where it gets good, Caleb, because I'm – remember how I said it was Atlanta to Savannah, right? Mm-hmm. I'm sitting there at the gate waiting to go to Savannah. I have my my three ticket stubs now, right, because it went from two flights to three. I'm sitting there waiting. And I get up and I board with with group two and they scan my ticket and it doesn't beep once. It goes, burr, burr, burr. I'm like, wait, what's going on? Are they putting me like a new seat or something? You know, that happens sometimes. Right. And they look at the ticket. They're like, um, you're not supposed to be on this flight. And I was like, what do you mean? And they hand it to another worker who like goes into the computer system and looks it up. And I'm talking to her and I'm like, well, I've just been waiting. You know, my initial flight was canceled. And she's like, yeah, you know, I see your name in the system, but you're supposed to be on a plane to Jacksonville. I was like, what are you talking about? She says, Jacksonville to New York and JFK to Columbus, Ohio. And I was like, all right, I don't have time to be mad. Like, just tell me where. Right. (laughs) So it actually turns out like I was in terminal. I was at. Yeah, I was at gate like D17. uh, And then my my Jacksonville departure was like D3. So it's still in the same terminal. I'm like, okay. screw it. I don't have time. I'm just gonna run. So I grab my bag and I'm like, you know, hustling over to that gate. I get to the gate, says, you know, Jacksonville, Florida. And I look and the plane has already left. And it just closed the gate. Yeah. Oh, the arm no. was pulled back. And I look at the I uh, look up at the time. It left at 3:05. And I was boarding at like three. So like by the time I had gotten over there, it, it already backed up and left. So I'm like what's going on, <laughs> right? Like, this is ridiculous. They so just messed to- it up or something? They printed me the wrong uh, the wrong destination or something. Yeah. Uh. It was bizarre. So I go to the Delta counter, and they're like, well, we have two other flights that are leaving at like 7.30 and 10.30, but their maximum capacity. So at this point, I'm like calling the Pokemon, the company that helps the Pokemon company to like, you know, send us places, mm-hmm. right? And they're like, well, we'll try to switch airlines. We'll try to figure this out. And I'll, long story short, right? I end up looking at a connection flight from uh, from Atlanta to Charlotte on American Airlines, and that's like our, our fail safe, and then that gets delayed, so I, I'm going to miss my connection there, so I look at United. I run down to the gate at United, and they tell me they can't sell it because it's like 55 minutes until takeoff, and they can't do it within an hour of, of the takeoff date. They can't sell a brand new ticket, so I'm like, seriously is there nothing you can do and they just like keep telling me no 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 we can't help so that's scrapped right and then i'm looking at like other flights and i'm checking in with delta meanwhile to like see about any of the uh flights that were i was waitlisted for if there's any spots that open and they're all full still so i'm like okay i'm trying to do the american airlines flight and i get to the uh i get to the uh excuse me to the gate and that one actually gets delayed even more because there was a flight that was supposed to go to Texas that got stranded because there was an electrical problem and they offloaded everyone there. So my gate changed and I took the uh, the bullet train trolley type thing. I took that five times to all my switched gates. And I finally get on that flight from American Airlines and I go to Charlotte, right? And then there's a, a connecting flight that is one hour after I land that takes me from Charlotte to Columbus, Ohio, but it leaves at like 10 30. I'm like, okay, this is my last shot. So I'm trying to buy the ticket online. I try to buy it five times. The website kicks me out every single time. So I try to call them and they're like, your wait time is one hour and one hour and a half, two hour wait time, whatever. Right. So that I can't call them and I can't buy it online. So I get on the plane. I, you know, it's like a 50 minute hour hopper. I land. And then by the time we taxi and I run to the gate, it's within 60 minutes of them leaving. So, they won't sell me a ticket either. They're like, (laughs) the plane's full. We can't sell you a ticket because it's too late. You have to go to ticketing. And there's a line of like 45 people at ticketing. I'm like, all right. So, I spent the night in Charlotte, right? (laughs) I got it to my hotel at Charlotte around midnight. And, and like, while this is happening, Caleb has already landed. Butters has landed. JR Honda left like 12 hours earlier. (laughs) Like, everyone's getting there but me. And I'm just, there's a moment, right? Where I just think like I might not be able to make it. I might not be able to come or I might just only do day two. So I stay the night in Charlotte. I'm almost done, I promise. I stay the night in Charlotte at this hotel. Like The Uber driver warns me. When we pull up to the hotel, the Uber driver opens the door, helps me with my uh, my bag. He's like, yo, man, not the best part of town. Probably want to stay in your room tonight. (laughs) I was like, what are you talking about? And uh, I, you know, I check in. Everything's Where fine. Where was this hotel? It's Charlotte. Yeah, that's it's wild. like two miles from the airport. I won't name the hotel, right? We don't want to well, the podcast get sued. But um, that's true. They
0: might want to sponsor this one day, right? <laughs> yeah, they
1: might. Yeah, yeah. Sponsored by blah blah blah. But um, yeah, I stay there. I sleep three hours. I get up, and uh, James uh, books me a flight for Southwest the next morning, and I make the Southwest flight from Charlotte to what's it, uh, Nashville. And it, I'm, in, I'm in Nashville for two hours on my layover. And I'm like, wow, I wore the same clothes for like two and a half days. I haven't <coughs> shaved. So I go into the airport uh, convenience store and I buy like this cheapo razor and shaving cream. And I'm shaving like my neck and my cheeks like in the airport, right? Because <laughs> I'm like, man, once I get there, I'm not gonna have a lot of time. So I just need to do everything that I can. So I'm like shaving. These pro- These people probably think I live at the airport right? Like, what is this guy doing? Uh, And I get on my connection flight. uh, And the best part is, the best part is my bag, my checked bag with all my clothes was on the plane that went to Jacksonville. (laughs) My bag went without me.
0: It was, it went from Jacksonville
1: to New York and then went to Columbus, right? So I take the flight from Nashville to Columbus. I get off the plane. I go to the Delta bag claim. They have my bag just sitting there. So I go into the men's bathroom. I stand on my dirty clothes and I change into my suit. I call an Uber and I go straight to the convention center where they put me in the makeup chair for 20 minutes, and then I walk around the corner and see you guys. Like that's the whole story.
0: What a freaking journey! (laughs)
1: That
0: was wild. I remember Worst. when you messaged me too, you're like, hey, um, if you're still at the airport, can you grab my bag? I'll explain everything later. Dude, I was like, you were a lifesaver. Dude, I was I like, mean. once I saw the message, well, I, so the problem was I was ready in my lift on the way to a hotel. I was like, oh, shoot. But then when you said I'll explain everything later, I was like, dude, when's this man going to get here? At, like 3 a.m.? Like, I was like, yeah, oh, this is going to be bad.
1: Um. No. But, so uh, so okay, Caleb yeah. actually helped so much because you actually talked with Delta. We tried to get on the phone with them. I didn't tell you this part. Mm-hmm. I tried to call them. I was on hold for an hour before I hung up. An and, hour? Uh, what the heck? An hour. And then That's Heather wild. tried to call them. And mm-hmm. she was on the phone for an hour and a half before she hung up. We could not get a hold of Delta bag claim yeah. in Columbus, Ohio. Oh. But you were the one that talked to them. I don't know how you got through, but it was it was – meant to be cause you yeah. to hold the bag oh Otherwise, no yeah it didn't... went
0: through pretty quick actually when i called which is weird yeah
1: well they they saw the caller id and they're like oh my god caleb Payne." You know <laughs> yeah i don't know about that <laughs> some random connecticut number <laughs> <laughs> well whatever you did worked so yeah and then uh that was day one
0: <laughs> yeah yeah it was kind of wild so speedy shows up ready to go who would have known he was shaving in the airport bathroom you know but that's that's wild <laughs> i don't even know that part um but then we kicked it off, and it was great, you know? Uh, you, yeah. yeah, you rushed straight into it. Did you even eat anything? Like, did you have breakfast, or you just, like, went straight there, like, with just, like, water? I don't even know.
1: Yeah, so during my two-hour over in uh, Nashville, mm-hmm. I grabbed, like, uh, I think it was, like, Wendy's or something. Some some fast food nonsense, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but, yeah. And then, like, walking in there, I was, like, so happy to see everybody. And and they, were, they actually asked me, like, hey, do you want to wait a while? Do you want to go in rotation later? And I was, like, no, put me in. And then... Uh, seeing you it being my next co-caster i was like all right like we're gonna be fine and i watched <laughs> back the vod honestly man we were on all cylinders we were just going it was great yeah, we hit the ground running i mean i was warmed up too you
0: just had came off of a hectic like 24 plus hour <laughs> travel but hey you're ready to go too It was great
1: yeah um, six hours of sleep in two days <laughs> <right>? Dude, wild
0: <laughs> yeah absolutely wild but it was good um it was actually you know, it came at your expense, but end up kind of being kind. Of, it ended up being pretty cool because so the other two casters were Butters, Theo Butters, and Gabby Snyder, who uh, uh previously casted uh, mostly the VGC game, the main series game for you know bunch of regionals, internationals, and worlds. Uh, but they brought her on for Pokemon Go, which was really cool because she was great new talent, and she obviously is a professional, so she knows how to cast. Even if it's not a game, she's played a lot of, um. But because of that, you know, we, for a little behind the scenes, we're usually paired with just one caster for an entire tournament. Just, so it, and I think it works because we have the chemistry between the two, you know, throughout the whole weekend. And it's easy to rotate two people on, two people off kind of thing. Uh, but because yeah. um, Speed was running late, we end up doing some like off pairings too. So I paired a little bit with Butters, which was like who my original partner is. And I also got to pair with Gabby. And then I eventually got to pair up with Speedy too, which is really cool because we haven't cast together since uh, Germany. Uh, back in yeah. April, too. Uh, but it was, you know, just seamless, and it went right away, and it was, it was cool. And it was cool to cast with Gabby, too, because uh, never having cast with her, and, you know, like I said, I cast with Butters the weekend before, but never casting with her, uh, it worked really well, and she was just really cool to cast with. And you could tell, like... You could sense it. I don't know if you could sense it, but, like, I sense it right away when I'm sitting with her. Like, like she knew... Like, she was a professional. Like, she knew what she was doing. Like, you could just sense, like, the aura of, like, you know, confidence and casting and knowing how to talk through things. And she, like, also. Like, what I liked about her casting style is that she was, like, also very humble. Like, she didn't pretend, like, she knew, like, mm-hmm. all these things about the game that, like, she didn't have time to learn, right? Like, because she was brought on, mm-hmm. like, pretty recently. But she was still, like, yeah, like, she would ask about different things, but also be very humble about it. And also, I think her perspective was nice because for those watching the stream that may be newer to PvP or just not as familiar with a lot of the mechanics, I think mm-hmm. a lot more people related to her. Whereas, sometimes yeah. I feel like us that have been playing the game for years, like, we get, like, stuck in, the, like, the weeds or whatever like the little, new, little nuances that like ends up being really hard for newer players to understand so we're mm-hmm. great you know, you're, yeah you know
1: yeah you're exactly right and i just wanted to point out uh just real quickly like the pokemon uh competitive play pokemon circuit has been going on for almost 10 years so like the video game series the trading cards uh even poken but the first two primarily are like the legacy games like those games happen every single year so even if you don't play pokemon go but you play the main series you know about those things so when we're paired with someone like gabby that's a huge sign of validation for pokemon go that they would take one of their best most professional video game casters and put them on the go cast it's like a it's like a handshake between the two titles and i think it lends a lot of legitimacy to what we're trying to do. And I agree. It's it's like um if you ever watch like a professional athlete, like let's say you were in college or even high school and you're playing a sport. Like, yeah, you know, I really love uh, basketball, for example. I really want to play in college. And you go to a college game or you go to an NBA game, just seeing like the the degree of talent and the, uh, the skill set that, that a lot of these people display. When you see it in person, you just know it. You know that person is a different level. Mm-hmm. So when we pair with Gabby, I get the same feeling. Like, you know that she... Has a handle on what she's doing and she's not going to overextend herself. And she knows how to, you know, again, ask great questions, but not make herself vulnerable by overstepping. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So she was,
0: yeah, I, I think you bring up a really great point. So I think people don't realize that is the fact that the Pokemon Company is willing to use one of their best casters for Pokemon Go, right? Really shows the investment they have for Pokemon Go for hopefully years to come, too. Um, so. Hmm. Yeah, I mean we'll see. I mean it's, it's exciting times for sure. Um and it's not over yet. We still have uh you know, we still have uh worlds in August too in London. So um so we'll see. I mean she you know, who knows? Maybe Gabby will make an appearance there too. So um yeah. we'll see. but but yeah, that was that was the the start to North America International Championships and you know, we hit the ground running you know, cast the first day, really great battles, really unique team compositions. We finally saw a Bastion! I was so hyped about that. <laughs> Jason, shout out to Jason2890 for running the Bastion. And here's the wild part, too. Even though he ran the Bastion, right, he had like a, he had a Venusaur, like everyone's running Trevnik, he had a Venusaur and a Bastion. Um, even like an Umbreon, which is a little atypical as well, too. In my opinion, like, that might have not even been the most unique team, too. Uh, Mish as well, Uh also ran um really interesting team. Ran a Tapu Fini and an Aeriodos. I actually don't even remember the rest of the team. The rest of the team might also be really spicy, but I just remember those specific picks. Like, you're like, oh, yeah. Tapu Fini. That's pretty unique. And then she's see, like, Aeriodos. Like, what? Like, you know, it gets <laughs> walled by Bastion. It gets walled by Steel, It gets walled by Jeefus. It gets walled by Skarmory. But she, like, made it all the way to... She won the winner's semi-finals. She ended up losing, I think, in the winner's finals and then getting eliminated at the loser's finals on day one. But still, like, absolutely incredible run, like, to get even that far. Like, there's some people that ran just straight meta teams and just lost in the first two matches they had. Like, she just went through the bracket, you know, and she was beating, like, top names along the way. Um, But yeah, that was a really cool team, too. I have a special... Eredo has a special place in my heart because I tried using it at GBL. Uh, when it first dropped, like when it first got the new moveset and everything and it was fun to use, but there are definitely like times where like it was hard to use. And then I end up using it for Twitch rivals as well back in August last year. And that was a lot of fun too. Uh, it definitely I don't know if it was the best pick, but it definitely won me a couple matches that I knew that like because it's just like win C M P against like everything, you know? Yeah. And it's so spammy. Like I, I beat like a Niddle queen with it and it was like Niddle Queen's another thing that walls it off. But like it just throws moves so quick cool. it's so fun to play. Um, and uh, yeah, seeing that team like between those two teams in my opinion were my favorite, but um a lot of really cool teams overall, too. We saw shiny Lucario in the grand fi- like in the finals uh or like yeah. in day two, like it was it was wild um and, and there was like no the this... like it was crazy. Oh.
1: Oh dude, yeah, I was gonna mention the shadow bead uh-huh. Such an awesome uh kind of core breaker, right? Cause you can drill run the steels. you can uh you know land the X uh, X scissor against Dark types, you can kind of like poison jab through Azumarill. And we did see it sweep a couple of lines too. And honestly, after seeing the previous regionals, I was a little bit worried. I don't know mm-hmm. if you felt the same. I was a little bit worried that the teams would kind of look the same. Yep. Walrein, Trevenant, Amanda Buzz. You know, you can make a rap about it, right? Yeah, exactly. They're so predictable. But uh, again, like so many awesome stuff that we saw. And I think that what you saw in the the talent pool as well, for a lot of new players, it probably isn't as visible. But for us, man, it was like if I can use an, an analogy, it was like Halloween. Like you reach into a bag of candy and you want to pull something out, right? It could be like a Kit Kat, a Snickers, uh, Milky Way, whatever. And every single time that you like reach into the bag at NAIC and pull something out, you got something different. Mm-hmm. Like Misha's ability to trigger those CMP ties with the area with her rope, and win those CMP exchanges was like nasty, like yeah. her county was so good, and she was right. right. she
0: ran the tox stroke, too. That's also a really good good one too. Yeah, yeah. I kind of forgot about that. Yeah, the
1: tox. Yeah, was, it was such an such an awesome fighter with great coverage. And we saw Wild Susan Boyle run it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to you know challenge Chaz here, but Misha's toxie was like pretty good. She I don't know, Chaz, she, you're she listening. did pretty well with that. Yeah,
0: and she also ran the Tapafini, which Chaz ran the week before. But Chaus is the oh, only right. one we saw on stream, I think, running Tapu Fini last week in Milwaukee. And then this past weekend, it was just like, it was like every other game, there's a Tapu Fini server. It was crazy. It was so cool. Yeah,
1: they yeah. multiplied, right? And we <laughs> saw really did the teams like uh, Valor Ash running Galvantula, Talonflame. Mm-hmm. And then and then the Kaiser matchup. Man, Kaiser, Tenor coming out of left field uh, using Trevenant to beat that Talonflame, not once, but twice, landing a shadow ball the first time, and then shadow clawing through in game two. That was like... I, I couldn't believe it. I was seeing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was incredible. I mean, it was, it was so fun to watch too. Um, just saw all the diverse, like you said, I think like it's cool to see people make great plays, but it's even cool to see people make great plays with like Pokemon that you would just never expect, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's exactly what we saw a lot of, which was really nice too. Cause, you know, especially as the last tournament, right? Of the season, we've seen so much of the meta already. Like it's cool to see maybe the first two or so tournaments where people are running stuff. But, like, you know, like, uh, example, like, Cindy's run in Vancouver that won her, that regionals, everyone talks about how cool was to watch that shadow, Canto Ninetales go to work, right, with Ember and stuff. It's because it was just so cool to see something unique win the whole thing and, you know, something a little different, too. And so, um, I mean, you know, we can only watch so many, like, Swamper and, like, Medicham mirror matches, (laughs) you know, but, um, (laughs) but yeah so we'll see i mean and the world's coming around and these are some of the like just think about it too right like everyone go to worlds is a top tier training that do do so much to get there like it's i can't imagine a single battle being like you know like uh like a snooze fest not not to say any of the ones were on stream more but like they're definitely like like day two competition is definitely like really intense because everyone's just like super in tune and stuff and i think that's going to be exactly how worlds will be but maybe even on a higher level right so and you know you got people representing different regions too so you might have people cheering for like people from their like local area or their country or their continent you know that's always cool too to have a little like you know global rivalry and stuff too and we don't see like we don't see as much from our side like the competition in some of the other regions right like i like i've seen the pictures of like the japanese like players play but they were writing some really interesting stuff too and i would love to see like how you know they compare to like the north america players and south america and europe and all that stuff so
1: um well yeah to to add to your point i mean in milwaukee we saw the finals come down to two different obstacle teams <laughs> yeah. right and I remember seeing uh, during the Japanese Regional, there was a team with not only Obstagoon, but also Dedene. Uh-huh. And we saw a couple of Dedenne's in, in Milwaukee, but it's such a hard Pokemon to play. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Eridos, right? It can it can have some great flex play, but it can't always kind of close the deal. And it does kind of lack a lot of bulk. Maybe like a Pokemon more like Galvantula. So it looks really good, right? You have like Fairy Typing for the Fighters and Darks. You've got Electric for the Waters and the Flyers. Like it looks dominant, but Bringing these spicy picks is always a fun time to to, uh, to see how they actually perform. Now, I wanted to like segue, use your point to segue into this. We had uh, an EU competitor, at least a few, come from, uh, you know, was it netherlands and and germany i believe were the two countries of origin and then we also had latam players come Mm -hmm. and this was not the first time a particular team from latam has sent a trainer that actually places in like the top two top three in these competitions right
0: yeah it was um 7 gaming iomero is also from mexico right yes yeah so iomero uh was a player from mexico part of 7-Eleven Gaming, uh, which is one of the different teams in Pokemon Go. And uh, like actually sponsored by 7-Eleven, which is really cool. Um, I wish 7-Eleven in the U.S. was like this. But anyway, since... <laughs> um, Sends Ayomero uh, over to uh, Indianapolis and or maybe he might just purchase tickets himself I'm not sh- sure of the logistics logistics there but faced off against King in the grand finals and earned uh, second place to qualify for Worlds in that regionals and then this time around we had Andrew Monjarez uh, who made a killer run in uh, NAIC and ended up winning second place as well in mm-hmm. Columbus which is huge and I think a lot of people don't really know Andrew very well uh, maybe because not as big of a name or uh, honestly, I don't even think he doesn't have a big name. I just think like maybe it's a little more humble. So you don't really hear about it. But a lot of the Latin America community really knows um, who he is. And I heard a story about how uh, Ventusky, one of the top players in Latin America, said that in his mind, the best player in Latin America is Andrew, which is saying a lot because Ventusky is very good. Um, but it doesn't surprise me at all because um, I first met Andrew back in 2021 january i think it was when sylph was hosting their first like all-star invitational for factions which is a team format and they were introducing the team format um that year and uh because it wasn't released yet and so they just pulled together i don't know how many people like four to like eight different teams of seven and they just assigned you know assigned people with different teammates and you had mm-hmm. the battle against each other and stuff like that you were a part of that too right i believe
1: yeah i yeah. was in the invitational
0: yeah, yeah yeah um we weren't on the same team but i remember my team i was just like dude i don't know a lot of people on this team the only person i knew was like j4 Macus. i think like there's a lot of people i just did not recognize and yeah. i was just like and then we're going against like people like the Nut 93 and like House Stark and like all this stuff. I was like, dude, these teams are stacked. Like what? Like this yeah. is going to be tough, right? I was like, you know what? Like, let's just trust in the team. You know, like it is what it is. We didn't get to pick the teams, but we could do what we can to prep each other. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, so Andrew was on my team and Andrew ended up going against the Nut 93. Three O's to Nuts. <laughs> I like, cried right off whoa. the bat. I was like, whoa. I was like. Who is this dude? Right, like I like the guy wasn't really even on Twitter at the time, and like I was like I was like I was like maybe I looked at the silk card. And the silk card actually looked pretty impressive. I was like never heard this guy, and then round yeah. two we go against House Stark's team, and also like two ones or three oh's his opponent there, which was also another big name because I remember House Stark's team was in super stacked. Like the entire team like were big like names in the P V community. I was like, yeah. what is going on? I was like, damn, this guys good. So I just like you know made a mental note, and it was later that year it was um we had the sylph arena like worlds and stuff and like individual competition and of course andrew qualified to that as well so andrew was representing latin america um uh, region in worlds and uh, that was the year where Doombug had a crazy run really impressive run and ended up becoming the sylph um arena champion that year world champion but i remember I think Doombug went like 2-0 and against every single player except for Andrew. I think Andrew was the only person to take a game off of him. And then they also like disputed – like there was some lag thing or a tie or something. So they – like it was really close. Like Andrew could have been the one to knock him into the loser's bracket. Um, but uh, yeah, so really, really solid run in That too, and so I was like, it didn't surprise me at the moment I saw that. And people, were, I remember at the time, some of my friends in group chat were like, Oh, who's Andrew? I was like, Dude, dude, you don't want to sleep on this guy, I was like, it's good. So, the moment that I saw that he was coming to this, I was like, Oh, he's going to be good. And then, you know, we cast a bunch of his matches, and it did not surprise me at all uh, to see him perform really well. And he was running a surfetch too, which is really cool because that's not usually the fighter of choice for these formats. So, again, some spicier different picks as well. Um, in the grand finals, too, at that. Um, and of course, mm-hmm. uh, it's Axon was the one that won uh, the whole thing. Which big props to It's Axon, uh, okay. who I do have to apologize uh, in an upcoming YouTube video as well. But I was filming some <laughs> like behind the scenes footage, and uh, for upcoming YouTube video, just so so could so see like what it looks like. And I was just you know bantering Butters a little bit and chatting like leading into day two. I was like, oh, who do you, who do you got your money on Butters? Right, if you were to choose someone, he's like, oh, I gotta go with blah blah blah. Um, and then I was like, oh, you know, I got root for my boy Kaiser or whatever, but like this person might be good and stuff like that. We're naming all the players, like, oh, don't forget the Spice Pick or the Beedro from Evan and the Lucario from Trainer Ram. And then we're just like, wait, that's seven players. Like, who are we missing? And we're like, eh, I don't know, right? And we're like, <laughs> we're like shoot, this is kind of embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. Like, And then I was yeah. like, you know what? I said this on video too. I was like, you know, it'd be very embarrassing if the person that wins this ends up being the person we forgot. <laughs> and it was his accent. Oh, that no. feels so bad. But like I, it wasn't even that like its accent didn't play good in day one. I think I just blanked on like who the person was. Um Yeah. And uh its accent also made it to top eight of Indianapolis, I I, I mm-hmm. believe as well. So just like high consistency too. Like, you know, you got like Rise Cecation Doombug that both made it to grand finals in Milwaukee, but both of them played in three different regions and that was the first time either of them were in the top eight, you know. So it just goes to show that like making the top eight twice. Out of like the two times to compete i think i i don't know if it's actually played a third or fourth time but at least the two we're aware of like that's really impressive um and you know end up winning the whole thing but not without another very exciting uh tie in the grand finals which dude i don't know how we keep doing this but like you were casting it so you, you can share your thoughts on it but it's Axon and Andrew tied in game five of the grand finals, which is the deciding game because it's best of five, and they're both two and two. Like, that's just like peak content, you know? Like, it just it does not get better than that. And that happened last weekend uh, in Milwaukee in the grand finals mm-hmm. uh, against Doombuck and Rise. And it actually happened uh, in the losers finals of EUIC, which I cast with Speedy in uh, with mm-hmm. Dancing Rob and. Uh, Freka oh, in game right. five yeah so I was like damn I- I've been at three of the three times there's a tie in the round in game number five uh, the decisive one and you know and the last two were just grand finals I, I, you know I wasn't casting this ones, but like I was just watching the back and like everyone's just like you could hear the crowd like explode you yeah. know when that
1: happened um yeah exactly right like uh, it was just such an insane moment because you know we're tied up two to two andrew is coming from the losers bracket and because it's double elimination he needs to beat Axon in this game and then win three more in the next in the next set right so like i don't know if we're really like getting down getting down to brass tacks the only way that could have been more hype is if it was during the bracket reset but yeah (laughs) this was you know like this was just during the first the first set and like i think i remember uh, the initial tie that happened in Milwaukee, I think it was Trevenant versus Queen, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that was actually can...
0: Grand Vice at the bracket reset too, which is pretty high oh, too. Yeah. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah. 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 Uh,
1: and this one was, was Swampert versus uh, Walrein. Mm-hmm. And like, those two turn mud shots and two turn powder snows are coming through and like you see the hp draining and like uh, for us right because we play the game a lot we we know what's coming kind of like we could see the the hp pools on the pokemon we saw the switch out we see the ko we see if the shadow claw comes through on the on the charge move you know that kind of stuff so like we knew it was going to be close but at that moment like if you watch if you go back and watch the cast like all i can do is say oh my goodness <laughs> like it's so close and it's just uh like you said people literally turned their heads because the pokemon go stage was on the left side and i was uh out on center stage with gabby and to my over my right shoulder is essentially where the pokemon go crowd was and everyone just like roared right everyone's like oh no you know like freaking out collectively and it, meanwhile in the back side of the arena like you know the last three quarters of the arena people just their heads spun around like a swivel right they were like oh my God, they're like turning to look at the screen. Everyone's like like looking over each other to try to see what happened. And it's just so, so intense. And I know uh, it's Axon is the champ, so we definitely want to talk about him. But do you mind if I read you off Andrew's bio on Twitter? This guy's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I read it too, but um, I'm happy to hear it again. Yeah, I read it
0: uh, a few months okay. ago and it's pretty cool.
1: So I'm not going to lie. I had to translate a couple of these things just to make sure I got it right. But uh, first of all, his profile picture is him playing violin. Right, which we know is not an easy instrument to learn. Very uh, hard. Whether he's any, yeah, very hard. Whether, whether or not he's any good, I don't know. Maybe it's just like a photo for fun, but I doubt it. I think he's the real deal. And his bio, engineer, AI and machine learning enthusiast, epistemics zealot. Now, I looked up epistemics, the, interdis- the interdisciplinary study of knowledge and human information processing, using the formal techniques of logic, linguistics, philosophy, and psychology, right? I challenge myself every day. He's got like a brain emoji. It says English, Spanish, and Chinese. Mm-hmm. And then it talks about like his um, I forget the the personality test, but INTP slash INFJ. Yeah, the Myers Briggs, and- yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Myers Briggs, thank you. Mm-hmm. And you know, meeting him in person, really cool guy. He's in college. I remember talking to him at the after party and he was like yeah you know i really want to go to london speaks english like really well it's like i really want to go to london but i have to talk to my professors because i'm still in school and there might be an exam that weekend oh man (laughs) it's like dude just tell them they'll understand yeah
0: that's that's (laughs) wild dude and he's such a humble and nice guy too like every every interaction i've had with him like i think i don't know if if he has controversy i'd be shocked (laughs) but you know i think even from the players from latin america that i've talked to like you know like see him very highly too, and there were a lot of supporters in the Twitch chat. Too. I was watching the VOD back too, um, so yeah. it was it was really cool.
1: Um, and then our champ, it's Axen. Mm-hmm. Uh, was just I know him from the Go Battle League leaderboards. A very technical player, likes to really overcharge on energy, kind of like Wholesome does, right? When he talks through his thought thought process on his streams, he says, I try to get just every drop, every single moment of energy that I can. That's very much like what Axon does as well, what he tries to capitalize on. And uh, he was, I thought he was like the best Diggersby player in the world, because I've seen him sweep like two or three Pokemon at a time with his Diggersby, and he brought that during his initial Indianapolis run, made it to the top eight. But that was also, uh, it was just before the time when Araquanid was coming. Mm-hmm. But after Araquanid came out, there was like no reason to run Diggersby because it just really lost a lot of the, the luster, a lot of play. Swampert became more powerful. Uh, MetaCham and, and Fighters were more powerful. Like a lot of obstacles for Diggersby. So he basically brought the same team from Indianapolis, just subbed in Swampert. And it made a huge, huge impact because he was able to apply a lot of charge move pressure that he, did, he didn't have before. And multiple times during this tournament, he's like grabbing shields uh, with the Hydro Cannon, with the Earthquake, just grabbing shields, and that really set him up. But man, what an incredible player. He went down 0-1 in so many sets, I lost count. And then he just 2 0 from there out. 2-0, 2-0, 2-0. Just doesn't care.
0: Yeah, did not did not lose a single set all weekend to any player, mm-hmm. which is incredible. Um Yeah.
1: He even tied. He wasn't even gonna let that tied. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. It was it was very impressive. But um made very minimal mistakes too. When I was watching on stream, like the amount of misplays I saw were just very, very small. And that's mm-hmm. that's tough because when you're when you're fatigued, right, and you're playing for all weekend, I mean just in general, even if you're like fresh, that's hard, right? But when you've been playing that many games, it's easy to make mistakes here are there because it's just bound to happen, right? But yeah, yeah, played on point. And you know, just again, you, you everyone that's tuning in, like you gotta you gotta look at some of the names of these, at this tournament. Like there were big, big names there that did not even make it into the top eight because of how stacked this tournament was. Um, so it really goes to show how how strong the competition is. Um so yeah, very excited to see a Saxon as well and I promise I will not forget his name too <laughs> for Worlds. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I know I know uh, we have to move on to uh, Dino Day, and there's probably other topics, but I'm going to read one more blip from Axon's Twitter. So yeah. he posted this June 27 at 11.23 a.m. He said, I was able to win NAIC having lots of GBL experience, but very little SILF experience. And Aries was able to win EUIC with lots of SILF experience and much less GBL experience. I hope this puts an end to the Silk versus GBL debate. They're both fantastic ways to improve as battlers. So uh, I would like to know what the listeners think, like wherever you're listening, like wherever you can leave a comment or post on Twitter. I mean, what do you think, Caleb? I, mean, do you, I think there's a lot of merit to show six and some people are just so naturally talented. They can come from GBL and just adapt those skills to show six. Or do you disagree?
0: I agree. Uh, I mean, I think some of the best players in the world right now Started in GBL and probably have spent way more time in GBL than show six, even if they dabbled in show six. I think a good example of this is like Dial Turn, Churn, right? Uh, started yeah. in GBL, did not play still prior to my knowledge, and is constantly on the top of GBL leaderboards and, uh, you know, one second in the regionals uh, for Vancouver. You know, I went through like quite the competition. It reset the bracket as well against Cindy, too. Um, And so, mm-hmm. like, I think. There are some of the best, I feel like, Sylph players, too, like, started in GBL. Um, a yeah. lot of them, really, because the the thing is, if you say, like, Sylph players, like, you know, they're like the OG players that started in 2019. A lot of the top battlers in Sylph these days are not from that era, you know? And mm-hmm. uh, a lot of them started with GBL. I'm sure they played some Sylph afterward, but the bulk of their learning and, uh, you know, you know, increasing in skill and PvP was through GBL. I mean, one of my teammates, uh, Auburn, he's uh, he's also uh, a big GBL player. He played a little Sylph before, but he, he wasn't really good at Sylph originally. Yeah. And he just played a bunch of GBL and got really good mechanics. And, you know, GBL teaches you a lot about mechanics. I will say, there are definitely some players that are much better at GBL and not good at Sylph, but that yeah. doesn't mean that you can't be good at show six because just because some players are not good at show six, even though they're good at GBO, right? If that makes sense. Like, you know, some people will probably just struggle with show six format and excel in the blind threes format, but that doesn't apply to every player. Um and vice versa, too. I know some really good sale players and they just like never hit legend, you know, or they don't yeah. climb that much. And like it could be a number of reasons. Maybe they don't care as much, or maybe they just really are bad at the format. You know, I was talking to my friends Palmer's and he was saying like yeah i just not really cl- ever climbed that much on leaderboard or gbl or anything or ever and he's like i was like i don't know if i'm just not messing or I-, I might just not be good at the blind format right and that's a whole nother thing too you know so mm-hmm. um i think a good example is like almost like um uh if you play like knockout like a basketball or like or uh-huh. like uh like full court basketball right like it's very different but you could be really good at knockout and then also be good at full court right <laughs> like you yeah. know like like because if you can shoot the ball there you can shoot the ball in a full court setting too um there's obviously all the other things you have to adapt to it but um i think a lot of players are skilled enough to make that adjustment so
1: yeah uh, we're all in the same court right but everyone has different strengths and uh if i recall correctly uh today i actually checked the gbl leaderboards and your friend auburn's pretty good man he's uh number one in the world
0: he so. is <laughs> dude honestly like <laughs> It's it's not even I congratulate him, like yo, like you know, good work and everything. But the thing is like this guy's hit number one GBL leaderboard so many times, like I can't even keep track. It's definitely been he's held that position if you talk about t- total amount of days in the number one position for like probably over like a month at this point, like over thirty days of like sitting at number one, like in total, right? Cumulative of his GBL career. But like yeah. the amount of times just hitting it, just in general, like easily over ten times, I think. Like it's it's crazy. Um, yeah, he's very good, so <laughs> that's why we picked him up for our, our team. <laughs> but he he also yeah, me and Albert have been friends for many years. So I, I I've known him before uh, PVP was even around. He was um he was a very big grinder. He still is, um, in yeah. Atlanta, Georgia, and that's where I met him uh, years ago. Me and him and up so met him. Yeah, but the dude is yeah. the dude is insane. Super good. Um, yeah,
1: he's uh, he's very good friends with Lyndon as, as well, right? Mm-hmm. Lyndon's like one of the best players that I know, yeah. And uh, they they talk strategies. The Shadow Obama Snow Sableye, Azu team, you know, that was so popular uh-huh. that, that was shared by both of those guys for a while.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. No, definitely. So, anyway, yeah, really, really a lot of overlap too. So, I think when. Aries made that tweet, like you know, like oh I have or he or said it on the war thing. I don't think he meant anything bad by it, but I could definitely yeah. see how some people that like love GBL took like maybe a little offense or felt like they need to defend GBL as a platform. And I think you know mm-hmm. it's just it is what it is. Like honestly, like there's like if you're really good at GBL, you're you're going to be good at show six if you put in the time and effort, and vice versa. You know, it's it's more so the mindset of those players that are really good at those things, they're going to find a way to be good at all the formats for PvP because P- P, there's so much overlap, right?
1: Um, yeah. Well, for us, like for you and I, we can hold both of those in our minds and and just make the analysis we just did and say like, mm-hmm. there are strengths on both sides. It's fine to be good at one but not the other or maybe vice versa. But I think because Silk, you know, was kind of first, that's what people gravitated towards, that's where I got started, and then GBL came around, it was an adjustment for me. Mm-hmm. And then there are a lot of people that feel a lot of pride right like maybe they get to page one in gbl but they are still like a low rank in sylph because they can't figure out the custom metas or maybe you play the custom metas and you're winning games with with weird things like alolan sandslash and you know gliscor or you know spicy picks like ludicolo maybe you're winning games there and you're like oh my god i'm so good but then you try to go to gbl and you only reach veteran and that's like your peak for your season so A lot of people try to defend what they have and try to, you know, bolster themselves and say, well, you know, show six is just so different, you know, but I'm a master of GPL, right? It Mm -hmm. doesn't always have to be that way because, again, we're all on the same court and you can always pick up a new game.
0: Yep. No, really well said. I totally agree there.
1: Um,
0: I think the biggest thing is really just knowing the adjustment like you can't yeah <laughs> it's yeah. it's very hard to run grasshole in show six you know <laughs> like waller won the like really good gbl player but even waller does not run bastion double shadow razor leaf in show six like he knows better than that right um and waller's done yeah. really well in show six formats too so um, so it's just really making the distinction right you have to you have to play a little differently but you can still apply a lot of the same mechanics and skills to it
1: well, um, there's certain people, right? And uh, again, like I would consider yourself up there because of the, your ability to make teams that are so unique and effective. Uh, yourself, Wallower, I think Thought Cool kind of stands on this plane as well with the teams that he builds. Uh, but there's certain people that, like, just like Neo in the Matrix, right? Like, even if you can patch in and out of the Matrix and like switch between the real world and, you know, the digital one, whether it be like Sylph to GBL, vice versa only Neo can like see the code for what it is. And he sees like the underlying DNA of what you're trying to do. So you can build a good team or you can be like wallower and just say, Hey, ABB is a good strategy because this is something that people aren't prepared for. They're not going to, they're not going to expect it. So, Well, you might go into sylph and say like you know show six is the best format ever because you can see what's coming but then like adapting yourself and like trying to understand uh, what environment you're in can help you to be more comfortable and open-minded to running strats like abb aba stuff like you wouldn't expect in show six
0: yeah no 100 percent. you know like i think um that's why jason i think did so well in the tournament because he pretty much built in Venusaur double steal into his show six, Mandachamp double steal into show six. Like he like built in his GBL lines he's comfortable with into his teams of six. At the end of the day, regardless if you're playing show six or GBL, you still can only bring three Pokemon. So if you bring three Pokemon you're very familiar with and understand that your opponents have limited checks or know how to play around it, then uh it could be pretty good. So um yeah. so yeah. But Yeah.
1: I agree and a lot of it is like this. Is, I always tell people this like when you do show six half of the battle is building a great team that works well that you're comfortable with that has like charge attack fast attack pressure and you don't have to allocate too many shields in too many places like there's a lot of you know there's like a check a checklist of things but the second half of that is recognizing what other people see in your team mm-hmm. like if they see a weakness if they see an exploit maybe only one answer to a particular Pokemon in their team they're going to try to attack that weak spot in your armor mm-hmm. so Uh, again jason is so good he's able to bring the bastion on show that to the opponent it you know up front be like look here are my cards like i've got a bastion on now it's up to you to stop it right Mm -hmm.
0: yeah no exactly um yeah it's uh the format itself is good either way i think so Uh, happy to see a lot of people that do gbl you know show up in these tournaments i will say regardless of how you know one thinks one certain better or not, I think for the time being and probably for the foreseeable future, the official competitive format from play Pokemon and from the Pokemon company will still be show six. So, you know, and that's fine. Like not everyone has to compete in these, or whatever. But if you'd like to participate in these, uh, kind of tournaments down the road. Like it's definitely something you should familiarize yourself a little bit with so you get comfortable and go into it um
1: exactly i I just want to give like a quick shout out as well like if you are playing gbl and you watch the leaderboards uh quick shout out to our gbla competitors like trent zygomatic juanilo 610 hero in milwaukee or excuse me in vancouver mm -hmm. like it's so cool to see these top leaderboarders come in and compete in show six as well
0: yeah yeah no it's really cool Uh, i remember seeing juanilo as well um playing this past week I, i chatted with him a little bit too um and, yeah, Sycamatic and Trent also played really, really well, too, and Six End Hero played great in Vancouver, and I, th- I think, like, knocked Wild Susan Boyle into the loser's bracket, and that's, like, not an easy feat, but the Shadow Polytoe was crazy good there, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, well, he used the Shadow Politoed to beat uh, Wild Susan Boyle's Town Flame team, and I was looking like ahead at how that bracket would unfold, and I thought the Shadow Politoed was going to meet up against Cindy's Shadow Canto Ninetales. But then, if I recall, Dilap Trunk came in and beat 610 Hero and eliminated that threat. And then when he got there, he had not only Trevenant, not only Metacham, not only Sableye, right? But he had to face a Mandibuzz team with those like <laughs> triple weakness. And his yeah. only two checks were A9 and G Fisk, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty wait,
0: I thought Six Hero did face Cindy. I thought Cindy also still somehow beat him, which was the wild part. Maybe I remember oh, that wrong.
1: Yeah. No, maybe she did. I, yeah. I'm gonna try to take a look. But uh...
0: But that's another person. Cindy never played Show Six until ADL this past season in factions. Cindy's less than a year into show six formats, too. So, just another person that, yeah, uh, that shows that, you know, you could gain a lot of skills um, without playing show six. But anyway, really cool events. If you didn't have a chance to check it out, definitely feel free to check out the VODs. And if you're not interested now, you want to see some live events, definitely. Stay tuned for Worlds in London later this year in August because that's going to be a huge event. And having Pokemon go on that stage is going to be really cool uh, Mm -hmm. to see and stuff too. So, you know, figure out who you want to root for too because I'm sure there'll be a lot of people rooting for their favorites that weekend. Um, It's it's
1: like hard to pick a favorite, right? Everyone is so freaking good.
0: Yep. Yep. No, exactly. So we shall see. But on top of that, we had... cool community this past weekend it was dino community day. and it was saturday from 11 a.m to 2 p.m local time and the extended portion from 2 p.m to 5 p.m with up to 7 p.m to evolve for the exclusive move uh, brutal swing on Hydreigon. and the unfortunate part for speedy <laughs> is that so myself and butters casted the first half of the day Mm -hmm. Uh, for day two, and we pretty much got off the casting uh area at pretty much a few minutes after eleven a.m. right when the event started. For the rest of the day, it was Speedy and Gabby that were casting the entire event until Mm -hmm. pretty much around two o'clock. So that pretty much meant that Speedy and Gabby missed out on the entire like catch portion for the Dino Community, (laughs) which is a little unfortunate. I was in the back on production side helping with production, but still catching you know every like few seconds or a ton of. Pocus there was crazy, um, but yeah. I mean, I was gonna ask your thoughts on it. I don't know what are your thoughts on Dino for the community for the parts that you did play.
1: Oh man, um, I just want to inject a, a personal bit here. So uh, we knew that uh, Gabby and I knew that we were going to head out to center stage, and I didn't want to have my phone there because I was already pretty nervous, like going out there and trying to be in front of all the people because typically, like casters are in the back. We uh-huh. just appear on the screen, so we're able to focus pretty well, but. I was really nervous. I like, I handed my phone to butters and I was like, dude, please just catch me some dino while I'm out there. Cause I don't know how long it will be. And like, you know, community day is right now. And (laughs) and typically day two ends at two, like you said, two to three o'clock. So I was worried I wouldn't get to catch anything. And he's like, oh yeah, man, sure. I gotcha. And, uh, you know, I left my phone with him. And then after the finals, we came backstage and everyone was celebrating. Right. Everyone was really happy. Show went well. And butters like turns to me and he's like, dude, I wasn't going to catch you a single dino. I was like, what do you mean? Like, I thought you had my back, right? Like, what's going on? He's like, dude, I'm not going to sit here and catch you dino when the finals are on. Dude, the real story
0: is he was catching him on himself. He wasn't like glued to the screen watching and not catching anything. He was definitely catching all plenty of dinos on his own account the whole time
1: on his own account, right? Yeah. I was like, god. And I, looking back like it was like a little bit selfish, right? To try to hand him the phone and be like, yo, catch on two phones and don't watch the grand finals of the biggest <laughs> tournament of the season, right? That was kind of that was kind of a jerk move, right? When I look back at it. But um guess who? Uh Cindy actually had an extra Go Plus that she lent to Butters and he was like, I'm going to help Speedy out. I'll just connect it to his device and I caught like like 150 plus Dino just not even playing, mm-hmm. which Again, shout out to Cindy just you know, being awesome, and shout out to Butters for pulling through, although that probably wasn't the initial plan, right?
0: Yeah, no, it was, it was great. I, and honestly, it was really cool because I think they had the mechanic where it's, if a lot of people are catching dinos on lures or commute spawns or whatever, right, obviously this week, it was Dino, um. Then they spawn like the second tier evolution, or they spawn more, I believe. So there are a bunch of wireless spawning all over the place too, which was really cool to so get some extra candies, extra dust, um. And uh, you probably didn't see it personally as much, but that's what I saw during the like three hours because there were just tons of people lured up and catching Dinos. Like it was, it was actually kind of cool that um, whoever decided Niantic or whoever decided to add a bunch of Pokestops on top of the venue area because we were able to just hit like. I don't know six, seven Pokéstops plus gyms. Like it was, it was really nice. So Um,
1: I think, sorry, Caleb, I just want to point this out. Oh no, go ahead. Yeah, I don't know that you, you and I have talked about it, and I won't reveal uh, his name because he does want to remain like you know he wants to do good work in the back end and just kind of you know help us as much as he can. But uh, I think a few people put in a request to the Go Battle League community manager and said hey like there's only been one or two stops maybe three at these events this is stacked on top of dino community day so this could be a good time to like bring the community together people will come play they'll actually stick stick around in the arena to watch the show so uh i think there was a there's communication between pokemon company and niantic and they kind of picked out these unique stops like the floating pikachu or the trophy case and converted them into stops so we ended up having you're right like two gyms and then we could reach like six stops from each side of the arena. So um, I know we like to talk about, you know, what Niantic doesn't do right and the kind of mistakes that have happened along the way and the things we don't appreciate because we are so passionate about the game. But I also think it's important to acknowledge when things go right and when they listen to us because I don't think that happens without our community's input and huge, huge shout out to our community manager for like helping facilitate that. Yeah, no, definitely. A
0: hundred percent agree with you there. And honestly... Because of all that, everyone even at the event were able to catch dinos throughout, uh even though it was during the NAIC you know grand finals and stuff. Uh, Pretty much with with the exception of Speedy, Gabby, and It's Axon. Because they didn't really (laughs) stop. I think I saw a funny tweet from It's Axon afterwards saying, like, hey, like, I won. It was great that I won AIC, but I also got zero shiny dinos (laughs) the whole weekend.
1: (laughs) Somebody trade this man a dino quick. (laughs) Yeah, exactly,
0: exactly. Uh, But it was so cool, too, because right when the event ended, I'm in backstage with production and people working in production. And we're all, like, like. Standing around in a circle, like Necro was there as well. You know, the cast for VGC, and she was on break, I think. And we're all just standing in a circle, catching dinos together and like trying to get like shinies. It was like, it was just a fun time, you know, to be with the community, do all that stuff. So, I thought that was really cool. Up to the two o'clock portion. I know this is the first time they're trying it, right? But I think the 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. section was a little weird. So I think what they were planning on doing is they were having Zylus spawning in gyms. And if a lot of trainers beat the Zylus and raise the Zylus, then a bunch of random dinos will start spawning around the gym. Which I think in concept is cool. Uh, Two main feedback I have for it is one, why not just have it be like Hydreigon or whatever, right? The third stage evolution. Like, why beat, like, the second tier evolution? Maybe the second tier is a little easier to beat, but, I mean, this thing's double weak to charm, so it can't be that hard to beat, right? Especially if you <laughs> want the community playing together, like, you gotta, you know, you should probably be a trio it, probably, at least, uh, or maybe yeah. quad. Um, So that's that. But maybe they want so that you can solo it? I don't know. The other thing is, they weren't <laughs> they weren't on top of every gym. Like, I remember when, like, 2PM hit, and like me and you were looking around, and we were like, uh, this is cool in concept, but like we don't even see Zwiles in the gym, so we can't even make them spawn if we want to. Like the, the thing on top of us was like, it was like some random like one star gym or something, or like, you know, <laughs> it, like they weren't all like, I, I wish there was a way they could do like, yo, 2 p.m. hits every single gym for the next three hours is Zwiles, right? And you just raid them all and like, you know, like get people together. But it was just hard to get that part of the aspect of the game live and active. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm sure Niantic's still trying different stuff, so, you know, it is first time so not expecting, like, it to run flawlessly, but I think that's my feedback is I was like, uh, it was it was cool in concept, but there weren't really much Dinos afterward unless you found guns or, like, Zywilus gyms and people raided them Um, and I'm sure a lot of people did, so maybe that might be more unique to my personal experience but that's kind of how I felt Mm -hmm. about it, so I just went back to the hotel and, like, took a nap for an hour instead of just playing the second half,
1: but if I could, it was a cat nap, right? Just an hour. You know? So you know?
0: it was. It was. It should have been like up to like maybe two hours, but then like I was just sitting there on Twitter, like reading Twitter and stuff, and <laughs> end up end up not being that long, yeah. But yeah, it's, just well, a it's cat like
1: nap. I agree with you, right? Because I think where the wheels came off is is everyone was still in the arena, everyone was still hanging out, and um, I don't think they, I don't think Niantic like hard coded which bosses would appear. So you're right. It turned out like after the dino spawn stopped at at two like they typically do everything is replaced by something else whether it be war turtle or charmander whatever the event spawns uh then the raid bosses were about to hatch and they turned out to be you know one star and i think there was like a mewtwo at some point it's like uh if you remember when you gather around like a raid egg or you're like watching one from your apartment or your house and you're like oh man i really hope this is a good legendary and then like thunderous incarnate pops there and you're like (laughs) boo you know like yep i can skip this one right Um, something i noticed that was kind of funny was that uh driving through the city trying to go get food after the event up until five if there was a wireless uh gym that uh, had been defeated by trainers you would just be going down the street and you would just you know see um whether it's like the apoms or the squirtles or whatever and then suddenly like boom your map has like 12 dinos on it like mm-hmm. what is going on right it's because you had gotten into proximity of one of those gyms where this wireless was yeah so in theory you could like mix up your sketches right you could continue to catch some dino and some other stuff for the next like three three hours which is pretty cool
0: yeah no definitely i think um i think in concept it could be kind of cool those are the two things i think we'll probably want to see if we get fixed uh moving forward but um but it's cool though i'm glad that they trying different things and it's kind of like an interesting middle ground to get community like like players together and like playing with each other, but also extending the community further, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so we'll see. But speaking of communities, we got another one coming up, and this one might not be for the PvPers as much, you know. And I, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not super upset about that because I feel like every community. Day, for the past like I don't know year plus has been centered around like a community day move that's for PVPers, which uh, I guess is fine because if you're not a PVP player, you're looking for a new shinies anyway, right? So maybe it's not a big deal if the move isn't really relevant. Um, but a lot of the past ones were, and this one is Starly Community. I don't know if you had a chance to read through some of that yet, but um, uh, it's uh, it's going to be on July seventeenth. Uh, 11 a.m. to 2 p.m., and mm. I think they're running the same. Are they running the same bonus thing for another few hours? I believe, like, or or oh. the great thing, or no, maybe not.
1: That's a good question. Uh, I have like the base bonuses. So three hour lures and incense, which we've come to expect. They're doing the double uh, bonus feature again mm-hmm. through. So three times catch XP. We always hope for Stardust, right? But mm-hmm. we're getting XP this time, but you also get double catch candy and then two times chance to get XL Kenny from Starly, and five photo bombs. So a lot of that's typical, but uh, because they condensed down these community days, they've like doubled the bonus that you're going to get, but I'm still like fingers crossed, it's Stardust, because I don't care what it is. It could be, I don't know, it could be something, you know, really innocuous like, I don't know, Zigzagoon or something. I would go ham if it was Triple Stardust, right? Because that's what we really need.
0: Well, if it's Alolan Zigzagoon, then 1000%, I'd go hard for just that alone. But yes, if it's just, <laughs> you know, non non uh, Alolan. Uh, yeah, I agree. I, I feel like it's been a hot second since we had Triple Stardust. I feel like the last one was Hoppy Community Day, um, mm-hmm. which was a couple months ago. But Yeah, so this one does not have that, unfortunately, either. But yeah, like you said, triple catch XP, double candy, and chance for excels. So this is a similar uh, aspect. So it's 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. local time is when they're all spawning everywhere. And then from 2 p.m. to 5 p.m., I think they extend it from all the way up to 7 p.m. instead of just to 5 p.m. Uh, there we have Star Ravia that will be spawning in 4-star raids. So again, the second tier evolution. Um, but if you finish those, Star will start appearing in a 300-meter radius around the gym host uh, that hosted the raid for 30 minutes for all. So um, so again, more chances for that. I just don't know if a lot of people are honestly going to raid Star Ravia. I think that's one thing. And also, I think, can Star Ravia be shiny? Because, like, it's just another reason why raiding it might not be as fun if you can't get a potential shiny from it, right? Um, yeah. So that's another thing to consider because I think that might incentivize more people. But I, I think just, like, just do Star Raptor, right? Like, it can't be that hard to take out, And if you have people working together and stuff. But, um, yeah, so the exclusive move you learn on Star Raptor is Gust. Um, and... Looking at the simulations on PV Poke and everything, it doesn't really look game changing because the best moves on it are Brave Bird and Close Combat, and they're both yeah. just very high energy moves that both debuff you <laughs> defensively. Uh, or you can run Heat Wave, uh, which is also just a very high energy move without like stab and stuff. So, it, and I looked at the stat product too; like it's not that great compared to a Pidgeon Ultra League. Like there's you at least don't get walled off by some of the steals, but like it's. You don't really beat the steel types a lot of times either. So um
1: man, I was I was actually listening to you uh, you know, describe the the fast attack that it's going to get, gust. Mm-hmm. And there was a slight pause there because I know you were kind of like collecting, moving on to the next bit of information. But you know how there are just things that you can just hear without hearing them? I heard crickets. <laughs> like <laughs> like you know, the crickets in the background, just like, oh, gust. Then crickets. <laughs> yep.
0: Yep, just gust. And I don't think the shiny is even that impressive. Like,
1: it's got like a blue uh flare to its its top feather or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, looking it's... at the Sims, I mean, Gust Brave Bird close combat. Uh, I have to look at it a little bit close more closely. But uh, four sixty two rating against Araquanid does not sound ideal. You kind of mm-hmm. want to beat the bug types if you're a flyer. Yeah,
0: but, you know. Yeah. I have um I have a rank one already. Save for Great League and a rank ten save for Ultra League, so I'm good. I think for the most part, I have a hundred percent purified one. So,
1: <laughs> oh, That's very amazing. nice. So, uh, yeah. so return might be a good tech, right? And I think, uh, I think Staraptor is fine. But we've seen this with Pokemon like Charizard, for example, because the first ever Community Day was uh, a and then we got, um, at a later time, we got Dragon Breath. So it's not unprecedented for these Pokemon to get a community day and then like a repeat Calm day, but it could be something different. So uh, looking at Staraptor, if we give it wing attack, right? If you run like wing attacks, uh, sky attack, excuse me, if we give it Sky Attack, if we run Wing Attack, so many attacks, Wing Attack, Sky Attack, Close Combat, it actually picks up some pretty interesting wins. It dominates things like Cofa Grigas. Uh it, it manages to beat Diggersby, whereas the other two variations with without Sky Attack do not. So I think we could see a situation where, you know, Star Raptor, maybe 2023, 2024, uh, gets a, a good charge attack. So if you do have a good one in your bag like Caleb, you should keep it. Yeah, I sh- dude, if they're going to do the Charmander treatment with a double, like,
0: exclusive move, that second move better be good. If they come back with, like, here, this time around with Starly, we give it drill peck. And <laughs> we're going to be like, dude, if- if we-, we, just- like, yeah, like- we just wasted two months with this thing.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: But, yeah. But, um,. Yeah, we'll see, and you never know, you know, they might introduce moves to Star Raptor or buff a move, right, maybe Heat Wave gets a huge buff, I I don't know, it's just, I think the Pokemon itself is not super strong, which makes it hard even if you give it decent moves. Um, it's like something like Brayloom, right, like I know one of my patrons loves Brayloom, always wants me to make a team with Brayloom, I'm like, dude, it's just a bad Pokemon, you just can't make it work, you know, very well for PvP, um, even if you give it like Frenzy Plant or something, but... um but yeah, we'll see. I, You know, it could be a chill day. No need to go as hard, right? Some people will still be out grinding very hard, which is fine. Um, but otherwise, we could just take it a little bit easier, which is never a bad thing. Um, again, I think if they wanted more people to play Star League Community Day, I think they, sh- they should have just done Triple Dust, but <laughs> yeah. it is what it is. Well-
1: It's like this, it's this tough kind of like tug of war, right? Because, you know, we have been going through, I don't know, this big global thing where people Mm -hmm. were inside for a long time. I don't know if you heard about that, but- (laughs) Yes, um, yeah. (laughs) There's like this tug of war, right? Because we want really cool community day Pokemon. But if people release something that's like really, really great, you know, people are gonna say, well, now I feel like I'm obligated to go outside. Maybe I don't feel safe going around big crowds of people to gather this community day Pokemon, so it's not fair. So then if we get, like, something that's a little more boring, like, a, you know, Starly, then the complaint is the other way. Like, we need cooler Pokemon. Uh-huh. So I feel like uh, every every hit on an album cannot just be, like, a total banger. It can't be, like, you know, top the, the billboards. You know, it can't be just... Everything can't be number one, right? So we can have Dino Community Day, which people have been asking for for a long time, which is a lot of fun. Brutal swing, stronger than I expected. I think Tho was impressed with it as well. If we follow follow it up with something like this, like I think it's fine. But you know, we don't want a lot of Starleys in a row. Don't get me wrong. If it was like Starly, then rattata then something else i'd be like what is this crap but you know it's okay to have like some variability right (laughs) yeah yeah for sure and
0: there's a lot going on in uh, the month of july too that's when go fest is for seattle um go fest for berlin's coming up this upcoming weekend actually so it's coming up real soon so there's a lot and i'm sure there'll be in-game events as well too and who knows maybe they didn't do triple stardust because during that week there's like double stardust already you know that'd be kind of cool you know it might be you know sometimes they do that stuff because you'll see it for spotlight hour too speaking of which spotlight hour later today we well, are recording this on monday night but it's going to be tuesday for most people when we release this is yeah. um tcg pikachu uh, which is double dust which is always seems like a disaster because pikachu have such a low catch rate <laughs> so try to get double dust <laughs> on that is always a pain but i kind of want to try to get a shiny one anyways so i'll probably just see what i can do but yeah it's a. Uh... Never a really huge fan of the the double dust or like stuff on things that are really hard to catch, but um. yeah, there's
1: like a there's like a balance, right? Like we we don't want to throw like five pokeballs at something when we're trying to farm Stardust, yeah. But then again, we're just like you know, oh Stardust is cool, I'll go out and play, so. I don't know. I I don't know what the happy medium is on some of these things, but I agree. Like once once you like click on that Pikachu for the sixth time, you're just like, What is going on? Like (laughs) if you really want to not get in my bag this badly, I'm just gonna leave. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. You you can stay. (laughs) And you don't want to just shiny check them all because it all worth dust,
0: right? But it's just Yeah, Yeah. Exactly. That's wild. But anyway, so we got that. Big news. I don't know if you had a chance to play yet, but today Niantic forced the update uh two uh 241. 241? I don't know. Uh I I don't know what the best way to say it is. But um, which is a huge update for PvP. And essentially what it has gotten rid of is this whole like fast move sneaking slash denial, like debacle that we've been in for the past, I don't know, year plus maybe. But essentially what happens so People say fast sneak and fast move denial, and I feel like the terminology in that means that sneaking is something that's not supposed to happen. Which theoretically, I think in the way the mechanics works, that's what's supposed to happen. Uh, it's not even sneaking. It's you're, essentially what happens is when if I'm facing off against Speedy here in a one v one, anytime I throw a charge move, his Pokemon should get a fast move, and vice versa. So if he throws a charge move, my Pokemon should get a fast move. What this whole thing is recent in the past few, however long, like year plus, is there's a way for you, and it's an inconsistent way, right? So maybe it's not even a way; it's just like an inconsistency, inconsistency factor where you can prevent the opposing Pokemon from getting a fast move in while you're throwing a charge move, which is a huge advantage because not you're essentially throwing your charge move for free. You're you're allowing your Pokemon, because every, everything you do takes a turn. Switching a Pokemon takes a turn, throwing a move takes a turn, mm-hmm. throwing fastness takes a turn, et cetera. But when when this denial is happening, is you're throwing a move and preventing your opponent from doing anything in that short one-turn process. And that actually is technically a little unfair, right? Because you're getting a free charge for nothing. And yeah. the, the biggest issue wasn't even that that, would ha- that was happening, it was that it was inconsistent in how it happened. And it, impacted the outcome of matches because let's say you're in a mirror match and i'm sneaking and speedy's not then all of a sudden i'm going head on energy even though in a mirror match you should always be exactly the same on energy assuming you're running the same fast move and charge was right yeah um mm-hmm. but uh
1: exactly
0: but yeah so they supposedly pushed it and it fixed it and i played a total of like one set today because that's all i had left uh by the time they pushed it out it was like 3 p.m pacific time um and it feels pretty good uh i think you know, there, it's not like the game's perfect or anything, but I think they actually figured out a way to get rid of fast-move denial, which means that because of this, uh, the game is much less glitchy and hopefully there's less bugs as a result and people feel like their games are much more consistent and predictable, which is what we all want.
1: Yeah, so again, like, I just want to preface this by saying... Caleb and I do not have this inside information like this is not coming directly from Niantic this is speculation based on what we've been doing and what other players have shown us as well but. Uh, there's been this huge debate, right? Like if, if Caleb and I are battling and we both have Talon Flame, you can actually see this, right? If you put the phone screens together, like side by side over the past uh, year and a half, like you said, you can actually see this play out. Um, like you said, even the smallest things in the game take one turn to activate. So if it takes you one turn to activate a charge attack... During that one turn, your opponent doesn't just stand still, right? They they should be able to do something, uh-huh. whether it's switch or perform a fast attack or whatever. So what essentially would happen was two talent flames are using incinerates. This is a very easy example because it's the most egregious one because your, your incinerate is five turns. It's the longest fast move in the game. It feels like an eternity. It's really awkward. And it gives you 20 energy, which is massive, right? That's mm-hmm. like... If fury cutters four energy, right, that's like a bunch of fury cutters, it's five fury cutters all at one time. So essentially what, what happens is Caleb and I are doing our incinerates. And then I'm like, all right, I'm going for the brave bird. And I tap my brave bird. And then his incinerate gets triggered right and he shields my brave bird so there's no damage dealt to him but his incinerate comes through and i take all that damage now that now that i'm debuffed and then we build up to another charge move uh, and then he goes right but this time my incinerate doesn't go through so if he brave birds me then i don't get to deal any more damage to him and he is 20 energy ahead of me so it's like it's very inconsistent and like you said uh, a lot of people have speculated that it's due to uh, ping or your phone or your connection or where you are so there's this whole like really kind of um rot that's in our competitive community where we talk about like eu versus na or Latam or na advantage and all this other stuff that has like really soured a lot of things not only for players but also for friends right who like With battle then they then they disagree about this and then they have like conflict Uh, i've heard of people like turning down opportunities to work on go whether it's in content or professionally because they are so upset with this kind of discrepancy in the game because it's it's just not fair right so we're turning back to to a model like it used to be where you have to learn your opponent's turn intervals and instead of just trying to flat out deny them of their entire turn cycle you actually have to like know two versus three when to throw right like seven shadow claws versus three incinerates that's 14 turns versus 15 turns on that 15th turn is when you throw your move whereas before you might want to like push for the tie whether it's at 20 or whatever even number comes up and like try to just deny your opponent that that energy that they should have so i think it's a huge a huge improvement how stark one of the best players in the world i know we both respect alex a lot I don't want to make this like a Twitter reading podcast, but he posted something today that really resonated with me. He said, I played five sets tonight on stream and there was maybe two visual glitches, zero fast move denials that I noticed in parentheses and little to no desync. I haven't been this excited about PVP gameplay update before, and I'm legitimately excited to relearn gameplay mechanics that are consistent again. Dude, this is huge. Dude, like we've been absolutely talking huge. About, yeah it's huge like and you played five games and you saw like you know difference and yeah there are like other things that come up but when we talk about the fundamental problem with the game the reason why it might not be as competitive as it could be it comes down to this sneak and denial stuff mm-hmm. and hopefully it's re- it's resolved
0: yeah i i yeah it's big props to uh the people in niantic who figured it out and i'm sure some people are like oh, why didn't they figure it out sooner?" Stuff like that I, dude here's the thing there's it cannot have been an easy thing for them to f- figure out because if it was then I don't think they want to sit there reading backlash or like complaints all day long <laughs> to Niantic help and stuff right like it's they were definitely working at this and trying to make it work and I'm so happy to hear that they uh, figured out a way to address it because again it could not have been an easy um, task and you know Shout out to everyone as as well for uploading their like game logs and stuff because anytime you have issues, right, you you can now upload your game logs for the developers to look into and stuff and see if there's any issues. And I'm sure that went a long way as well for them to figure out some of the stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, like it's it's good, and I'm glad they figured it out for um, before worlds too because we you know we would love to see like the game function as well as like possible on the world stage as well and you know some people are like well why didn't they fix it sooner and like you know again like it's the game's not going to be perfect that doesn't mean that they take off all like competitive circuits because of that right um mm-hmm. because if you look at any anyone that's one of these like regionals or internationals like they, they played incredibly well trust me like if i got yeah. to deny every move against this accent i don't think i still beat them right <laughs> like it's it's not just that easy um but mm-hmm. yeah it's huge huge for us so very excited to see that um you know and that's getting released uh before sylph regionals as well too right for those that play Sylphs, so that's cool um
1: good call yeah, yeah you're right
0: so so a lot of timing is really great i think you know um but we shall see yeah we shall see it's really cool um and uh have you haven't had a chance to touch it right because oh, i know from my understanding you just got back
1: well, you know, I, I wasn't doing anything else. And I just, you know, kind of <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, no, seriously, though. Um, Yeah, I just got back home. Uh, it makes me excited, though, because a lot of the time uh, we saw Waller talk about this as well. Like when I try to explain mechanics, I know that you have really been going through this with like your patrons or your students. Mm-hmm. You try to tell them like why this, and, this didn't work or this did work. You try to explain mm-hmm. like their loose conditions to them or why a match turned out a certain way. They might say like, I, well i don't understand like why would, why did it come down to a fast move denial that's not fair right mm-hmm. so now for all of us uh, that are you know coaching or or content it's a lot easier for us because the game works how we originally intended or how we originally learned how it worked and how it was intended to work from the start so i i don't know man i'm really really excited i think that the pvp community again has been dealing with so many bugs in go battle league Uh, A lot of people have been turned away from it. But if we're going to start that healing process to like bring people back in and get them to try it again, I think this is a great first step.
0: Yeah. No, I 100% agree with you there. Um, You know, the only bad news for me now is anytime I lose against someone really good, I can't blame it on them denying all my fast foods. They just just (laughs) got outplayed. So (laughs) it is what it is. But (laughs) yeah, Yeah. so we shall see. Um, But anyway, GBL. Season eleven is still on its way too. I don't personally love the week to week meta changes cause I feel like I'm just like cannot get my foot on the, not that I can't grasp the meta, but just like it's just so quick, you know, you can't really fully embrace the meta, right? It's just yeah. so fast. I feel like for you as an organizer for GBLA, it's also confusing because you're just like, like, what do I get the competitors play like the meta from last week, from like this current mm. one, like I don't know, like you know, it's it's a lot because it just it's just it's just happening so fast. I feel like overwhelmed, right?
1: um yeah me too and, and like i feel like I, I absolutely agree with you i feel like the first like three to five days of a meta i really try to get a handle on what's happening and sure there are pv poke rankings there are resources out there that you can turn to to help you build teams but there are a lot of things you don't expect uh for example I did not see Jellicent coming in Fossil Cup the same way that it did. I was mm-hmm. like, "There's way too much Reggie Steel. There's there's enough grass, right? There's Frothorn. You can't beat that. It's gonna be really tough for Jelly to succeed." And then towards the end of Fossil, man, every single freaking team that I fought had Jellicent, and there are <laughs> other Pokemon like uh, Preserker, like uh, Dilap was running Preserker Double Water, and he was like pushing for Legend. He was like 2900s during Fossil Cup. With these two Pokemon that I did not think were going to be special. And then Tho comes out. He's like, yeah, Lucario is the best Pokemon in this meta. I'm just like, it's all over the place. And by the time I got a good team together and I was like rolling like 4-1 after 4 just like rolling with this team, the cup was over. Like one day after that, I was like, man, I just got used to this. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I feel like the cool part is also when things like that happen, right? Where you're like, oh, all of a sudden Jelson's like the big meta thing that no one expected. You see a shift in week two where people are countering the Jelson or countering the Berserker or whatever, whoever like made a team like, you know, excel. But then, like, like you know, you don't have time to make that like counter in that meta, right? I think in, that's when the two-week meta sounds really cool because usually week one and week two look different. You know, week one people are trying to figure it out, week two people are adjusting to that. And then sometimes like yeah. in week two, later in a week, they're adjusting to the adjustment, right? So it like, goes back and forth. But this is just like, oh, we all figured out the meta. All right, by the way, all right, new cup tomorrow. And you're like, what? Like, <laughs> I just got my groove on right so yeah. Um, I don't know it feels like a lot and me like yeah so it feels overwhelmed for me I don't know how it feels it seems like it feels like a lot for you but I'm curious if our audience members what do you all think right let us know. Let us know. Probably best way to let us know is just like post on like Twitter or something because we don't. Yeah, it's not like you comment on a Spotify thing. But
1: um, <laughs> yeah, you, you can tell us in your car. But we promise. We can't <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Um, if, if you yell loud enough, maybe myself or Speedy will hear. We have we have both both uh, sides of the country covered, right? Western, uh, east coast. Are, are you still east coast? Is Mississippi east coast or is that central?
1: No, I'm actually closer to east coast. Okay. Uh, I'm like yeah. central, uh, central southeast, right? Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. Like- yeah close to new orleans like right Mm -hmm. right between new orleans and and florida basically gotcha gotcha Um, but yeah i feel like you passed me the ball and like i need to shoot it into the net here Uh, you asked about gbla as well and it's a very Mm -hmm. similar thing right because we wanted to do one week of climbing quote unquote you know climbing through the meta and then show those battlers the following week and i think a huge utility of gbla and you can let me know if you agree or disagree was that you get to see like These people that don't typically stream, top leaderboarders, you get to see the teams they're using. So there's a lot of like secret tech, you know, things that you don't expect unless you're in like the 3,500s, which is obviously not the the vast majority of players. Like this is an extremely, extremely high level. So I think seeing those teams in action, like, oh my goodness, this Halloween Cup team was like incredible. The way he played Drapion was like something I didn't anticipate. That's things that I hear a lot about gbla so when we look at that tournament format we're like man how can we like still show people we need to do two things we need to still show people the best teams available in this format right from the top players in the world it's like going to uh, a kitchen right with like chef ramsey and he gives you just like a plain cheeseburger you're like come on you got to show me what you got right so you expect the best And the second thing is honoring these trainers abilities in each league before they rotate, you don't want to see like the world's best ultra league players play like Little Cup, for example, because obviously it's completely different for them. Again, same analogy we used before. You're on the same court. You're still PVPing, but the game you're playing is incredibly different. It's like horse versus like full full court press. It's like a completely different game. So the challenge for us was balancing those two things so what we're trying to do now is like condense things down where you can climb for two and a half days and then we grab leaderboards on fridays and then we try to stream on the last day of the meta but it puts a lot of pressure on us to like get everything condensed and again climbing in two days in a brand new meta not the easiest thing like we just talked about
0: mm-hmm. yeah no i 100 percent agree with you i mean i think it's also like when people hear about team and stuff they don't have the chance to run it, too, right? Let's say, like, if Dylop was like, hey, this is an awesome team i ran to climb to, like, Legend. And I'm like, oh, shoot, like, I want to try this team, too. Like, you know, obviously, I'm not going to find about it until, like, a few days afterwards, right? Like, him using it. And I only get, like, one day to use it, right? And then I don't get a chance to, like... Yeah, I feel like everyone's just, like, running a little behind because of it, too. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, anyway.
1: but, I mean, it hasn't slowed down some people, right? Like, we've got the first GBL Legends, and we see them post on Twitter... And then you can also tell by the elo and the leaderboards, right? Yeah, that's true. Uh, that ain't me. <laughs> no, it's not me either. I I, I think I'm. St- there's another thing. I don't know if any any of the listeners agree, but I feel like I have a little bit of interlude season hangover, where you know we weren't playing all of our battles, we weren't like pushing elo and try harding every day. We were kind of like playing here and there and having fun with it. And I I have that feeling kind of still carrying over into the opening weeks of this season. Do you feel the same way?
0: Uh yeah oh definitely I it, so yeah. the weird part is for the introdu season I actually play more battles than the season before
1: <laughs> no way really? but
0: only a few more not a lot more yeah only a couple okay. more I don't know why maybe I was just like whatever I'm just screwing around or maybe I need a dust um, yeah but I only pl- I played about like a thousand and thirteen battles in the introdu season I think the season before that I played like nine hundred and something battles
1: so oh, man. yeah ah uh, dude you're you're gonna feel real let down are you ready for this
0: <laughs> okay well, how many did you play. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh last season well okay okay hold on it's not that bad last season i played 800 890 total battles
0: okay it's, not it's not like you know
1: you know within a couple hundred of years right If right, you're right, like, right. over a thousand so okay i don't feel that bad about it now never mind okay all right <laughs> maybe,
0: maybe we should have a little competition who hits legend first this season
1: oh yeah. are we gonna do that we should Dude, Well, what's your, your current
0: elo at if you have you low. you have elo right <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> hey man
0: I, I mean I, I don't know man i'm just uh, look. Dude, you're busy you're busy like trying to catch a plane for like half of this week so like i i don't blame <laughs> you if you don't have time right
1: no no i'm at uh i'm at twenty five seventy four. i've played 375 Ooh. games so far
0: okay oh you're ahead of me i, I only played 315 but i'm also only at twenty five forty nine. so you're actually ahead so okay this is it's good it's this is more good good, good starting point good starting point
1: Um, i mean i'm down to race if you are and then we can like call it you know when it happens so yeah if you want to listen to the podcast you know you have to tune in for the next episode to see how far ahead caleb is yeah maybe we should do like an update update every week right every i like that i like that
0: all right this is going to motivate me to play more i have like a competition (laughs) with my friend noah on this but like he just barely plays So this is like it's like it's like racing a baby right and like the baby's like asleep the whole time like it's, it's not it's not real competition but against you though that should be some good competition yeah um, i mean
1: that'd be fun like people keep saying like i want to see try hard speedy again right i want to see leaderboard push with shadow charizard which i've done before in ultra right like they want to see that again so maybe it's time to uh see if i'm washed or not
0: we should put we should put something at stake here so maybe um Ooh, okay let's see you have a bastion of course i do yeah. Okay, maybe, um, maybe if uh, if we uh, if I win, this is what I'm requesting that you could match like based off of that, right? If I win, uh, I would request that you name one of your Bastions, the one that you use after me, and then you have to sh- you have to stream of uh, one day and do all your sets for all 25 battles that day with a Bastion on the team. Probably it, it will probably wait till like hey, it's a great league meta. I'm not going to have you run a master league, right? So it doesn't have to be like right after I hit legend, but that would be what I request. And so, and then that, that'd be good enough for me, I think.
1: Okay, okay. I thought, you know, what I thought you were going to go with that. <laughs> what? I thought, okay, I could I could have seen you going this direction. Maybe I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, now I'm curious. I, yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, I want you to power up that on to level 50 and uh. then play it. And then transfer it by the end of the day. Oh, that's brutal! No, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, no, no, I, I can't like, let oh, people transfer like,
0: Bastion. Like, I'm going to make you love that Bastion, and then oh, you'll man. keep it forever. You know? Okay, yeah.
1: okay. Oh man, I'm trying to think of. Uh, I'm trying to think of something sinister that I could ask for. Yeah. Uh, hmm. It's got to be something with Fortress, right? I mean, I think so. Fortress is a little harder to run the Bastion, <laughs> dude. It's super hard. But I was thinking like. Uh, Oh man, I've tried to run Ultra League Fortress a few times. It oh, does not go well.
0: I will I I will I'd be willing to give it a shot. And um here's the thing. I actually have like a rank two, I think, Ultra League Fortress that I can make. So okay. that is possible. It'd be a complete waste of dust. But okay. I'd be I'd Yeah, be, I'd right. Try it. I was gonna say <laughs> I'd I be could, down to try. I could
1: run, it. I could run Bastion on an Ultra if you run Fortress and Ultra.
0: Oh, you can just run in Great League. I want you to see how good it is. But I'm down to just troll around with the Ultra League um <laughs> in ultra okay. league what do you call it uh uh fortress so
1: okay well for now let's just stick to the same parameters we'll try to do like you know all five sets that day yes with fortress greater ultra i'll do basti uh, i'll name it i'll name it caleb pang and uh yeah i don't typically pay, play basti on, so i'm gonna get shamed quite a bit in fortress. chat but if anyone has uh if anyone has any ideas on like how to raise these stakes, right? Maybe as the weeks go on, we'll decide to raise the stakes, but we always want to hear from the BattleCats listeners.
0: Yeah. I need, uh, I need to find some XLs for this. <laughs> I'm only at 108 XLs for Fortress, and I oh. need uh, 276.
1: <laughs> so, they're, not, they're not easy to find. That's why they're I was like, not, I'm, uh, I don't know about Ultra. I'm I will, 65 I, uh, Ultra for Ultra.
0: Okay, okay. So. Yeah, I'll try it. I mean, uh, we'll see. I'll run the Great League one if I can't find enough for XL, or maybe I'll just troll around with a. Uh, what the ultra league want. You know, it would be really funny if we're forced to do this and the other person hasn't hit legend yet. <laughs> like it's far behind because it, it's going to take me a little longer. But you know, I think that's 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 a good punishment for showing up second, right? So, all right, yeah, I like this. I'll name it after you too. We'll 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 see. Maybe I can start walking this fortress or something. I'm running out of things to walk anyway, so I might as well just start working on this.
1: Yeah, uh, there you go. Fortress. My my lucky seat on It's uh, this is if you know, you know. My lucky seat on is named Burn. BRN. Oh,
0: okay. I like it. If I like know, it. If you know, you know. If then. you know, you know. Most people probably don't know, but that's all good. Maybe one day yeah. you'll know. <laughs> oh, man. Fortress. I'm just going to do a quick check and see what this is ranked in Ultra League, if it's even on the list, because I am just super curious at this point. Oh, um, man. Good luck with that. But, Oh, uh, actually, it's ranked 31. It's not too bad for Open Ultra uh, League. What? Okay. You know, maybe I get it locked in a few Cresselia. It could beat Wall Rain, probably with Baits though. But it could be yeah. Wall Rain, Swampert, Obstagoon, okay.
1: You really uh you devour things like Venusaur. Like Venusaur has no Yeah, <laughs> yeah but
0: who's riding Venusaur and Overture League these days? Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yes, I will I
0: will Yeah, that could be fun. Alright, I'd be down to try it. Or better yet, I just don't need to try because I just need to win this. <laughs> so
1: Yeah, or you'll just get legend first, right? And then you'll be fine. But uh <laughs> But speaking of uh, competitive formats, uh, I wasn't sure if you wanted to touch on factions or talk about a different Pokemon game.
0: Yeah, we can. Um, let's skip factions for this week because we're going quite long. But, you know, there's always stuff going on in factions, so we can cover factions next week if you want. But you want to talk about the other game and our little encounter over the weekend?
1: Yeah. No, of course. I mean, we're getting to meet awesome people like Aaron Zhang at these events uh, who, you know, I guess... Some people would say we're on the same tier, kind of, because we're all casters. But there's a lot to live up there in terms of, you know, excellence. But uh, some of the best players in the world are also at these tournaments. I've seen Wolf Glick at two of these, but I have not introduced myself. He's like one of the guys for Pokemon VG. And um, there's another gentleman who is actually at this event. In uh, Columbus, believe it or not, we ran into Goof GG from the Pokemon Unite fame. Uh, one of the best players in the world, uh, Caleb. You can probably talk a little bit more to his skill ceiling, but even me, even you know, the casual uh, Hit Masters rank, and then you know, put down the game for three weeks. Like even I know who. Goof is. <laughs> yeah, Goof is um,
0: part of Gaming Gladiators, previously known as TTV. Uh, for Pokemon Unite, uh, probably one of the best teams in the world. Uh, they unfortunately just narrowly missed qualifying for Worlds, uh, but qualifying for Worlds for Unite is super hard because they give like mm-hmm. allocated spots for that, um, but they only have two spots for North America, which is not a lot, you know? Um, yeah. A lot of really top teams there. Um, but they narrowly missed out. Unfortunately, they did really good the entire season. But you know, unfortunately, we'll see if they adjust for how many qualifying spots there are. Because for Pokemon Go, there's like, I mean, there's a lot of spots for North America, right? Um, for a lot of areas too. But these are also teams of five, so you know, one team qualifying is technically still five people. Uh, but anyway, Goof was at the event. I don't know. Do you know what Goof was doing there? Goof was like doing an IRL vo- uh, vlog, however, um, like yeah. on streaming it. But was Goof competing in like any of the games? I don't think so, right?
1: That's a good question. So uh, when I first talked to him, uh, we we know each other from Twitter, right? Because I gave mm-hmm. him a follow, and he like followed me back, and I've been to his stream chat a few times. Yeah, I remember the, the first time I was in his chat, I I gift you know I gifted a sub or something, and he said, "Oh, thanks so much, Chief." by the way, that's the only time I'm ever going to call someone chief. Because, you know, some people like that, some people don't. You know, it's like, how's it going, chief? You know, some people (laughs) don't appreciate that. Uh, But he turned out to be a really cool guy, and I saw him backstage, actually. And apparently, he was was playing remotely. Like you said, the Worlds Invites are pretty much the only in-person Unite team competitions, I think, that are coming. Yes. But he's doing a remote tournament, and he said, yeah, I'm just shaking off my loss in that big tournament today. It's like, oh goof, I'm sorry, man. He's like, no, I'm actually having a great time just hanging out with everyone and being at the at this Pokemon uh regional or international, excuse me, international competition because it's so cool to be around the people. And um, yeah, really cool guy. He's just like you expect him to be. Um, you know, in Jersey Shore, there's like Jim Tan Laundry. Well <laughs> for Goof, it's Jim Unite Unite. It's like <laughs> He literally goes to the gym. He did, like, a documentary clip where he goes to the gym in the early mornings and then mm-hmm. just plays Unite for, like, six hours and, just like, scrims like crazy. So, yeah. uh, really cool guy to meet. I think we have some pictures of all of us. I was going to post those tomorrow.
0: Oh, yeah. You should, um, yeah, feel free to share it, too. Some of my friends wanted to see it because they're like, oh, you know, Goose going to be at NAIC. Like, you should go talk to him. Like, my Pokemon Unite friends. I was like, yeah, sure. And they, I talked to him today, like, Oh, did you all did you see Goof? I was like, wait, actually I did. I was on his IRL uh stream and we took a selfie together with me, him and Speedy Chief, uh Speediest. So um it was uh it was cool to meet him too. Um yeah, super yeah. super chill guy too. Definitely interesting. You wouldn't see him as like a standard like Pokemon Go player kind of look. I mean he's got like the hair like slicked back and like cut and like super jacked and stuff. He looks like he's about yeah. to go on like next like America Ninja Warrior. <laughs> but
1: <laughs> Dude, for real. He is he's like buzzed on the sides and uh... like long hair on the top, but it's like slicked back down the middle, kinda like a mohawk. Uh but man, like super humble guy, super funny. He like paints his nails right. So he's like very, very comfortable with himself and like likes to have a good time and uh yeah, seems like a seems like a fun guy in person.
0: He looks like um like he could be casted out on like a Viking show.
1: oh dude yeah i could see him with a battle axe for sure
0: yeah yeah (laughs) no for sure so yeah we shall see but um super cool dude nice to run into him um one last thing because we're running long today but it's all good it was a good time um we were talking about uh what's the tea our segment that we introduced last time that we didn't really cover so we're a little week behind on that but we can still cover this i feel like it's still uh, stuff that some people would like to talk about. Um, but one of the things we wanted to cover last week uh, was something that happened in the Milwaukee regionals. And you saw this on stream, right? I was there in person, so uh, yeah. I watched it from behind the scenes. Um, but it was essentially a, a dispute that happened. Um, so it was a dispute uh, in the losers' finals in game uh, after game two. Uh, it was against Doombug uh, mm-hmm. versus Bird Power. Uh, Burt Power was uh, she's a battler from the seniors division. so the younger age group, but won that whole division and end up just participating in the master's division afterward because they had spots and they're like, sure, you want to give it a shot. She ends up sweeping all of day one, making it all the way to winners semifinals, or winner's finals actually on day two, losing in the winner's finals and gets knocked into the losers' finals for day two and is face up against doombug. And she was one to know at this point in time and then there was an interesting dispute that occurred um you can see on their faces and I remember when I was watching I was like what's going on like they're like both her and doombug started looking at the judge like kind of weird right and you're like what's going on and yeah. we didn't realize it but <laughs> little did they both know at the time doombug brought in it was like a 1357 CP reggie seal which is definitely not the reggie seal he was playing with the whole whole tournament and it only it had lock on and focus blast and that was it and and because why why they looked at judge so weird was when Doombug brought it in burr Powell was like what? like like we're yeah. probably like what the heck is this register like this this ain't look right right and she's looking over like what do we do right and so and the judge was like still probably trying to process it too so they end up playing out the whole match burr Powell ends up winning um and then Doombug makes a dispute and so if you're not caught up on on twitter if you're not on pokemon go twitter if you're on pokemon go twitter you probably saw this last weekend but if you're not uh essentially there was a little bit of backlash because doombugs ends up disputing the call because he was like look the game glitched like i should have it should have been my Registeel, the one i brought in and if it did then it would have changed right and the, for context in vancouver i believe six four ninja brought in a pokemon that wasn't on his team it was the wrong pokemon and he was automatically given the loss for that game because you're not technically according to the rules you're not supposed to bring in pokemon that is not on your team the the kicker to this one was Doombug ended end up losing anyway right if Doombug won the game then it gets weird right because then you're like well you shouldn't have won with a pokemon you didn't have register even yeah. though it was the same Pokemon but and just a b- different CP but Doombug also yeah. lost right um Doombug's case was that he was making is that uh this was a glitch from the game it threw in this register seal and it even though I did I selected my actual one yeah judges looked at the footage I did not right because I'm like casting the event and you know people at home did not see it they looked over everything ended up that her power, I think Doombug and the Judge all agreed to do a rematch. And um and everyone at home was just like, Wait, what? Like 6'4 Ninja got like got a loss for that, right? Like a few weeks ago. Like how could Doombug get a rematch given on top of the fact that he also lost that game? So they start off like whole different teams, like fresh like rematch and everything, and um, you know, and then obviously the internet just went up in flames and was wild and stuff <laughs> and um it was uh yeah it was a weird time for sure right um and doomuk ended up going 3-0 and after that so technically speaking if burr power won that same game and doomuk still went 3-0 and he was still making the grand finals but you know that thing obviously throws off a lot of momentum and rhythm so like who knows how things really play out if the rematch was never granted right and burr yeah. power went up two to zero um end up being what it is, and you know, Doombug plays second as well, and all that stuff. Um, and some of the aftermath, uh, unfortunately, was uh, Doombug was also removed from his team, which is Mazer Gaming, um, and uh, due to his actions and stuff, because I think a lot of people viewed it as like, you probably shouldn't have disputed that, right? Um, here's the thing, everyone, I think, my take is that you're allowed to dispute anytime you want. Uh, Because as a competitor, you shouldn't be penalized for bringing up something you feel like was erroneous to you, right? And should be looked at. Um, I think the counterpoint to that was a lot of people were like, dude, like, dude, I feel like you should know better. Like, you probably would have lost that anyway if you had the right register. Or like, like you brought in the wrong one. And like, we've already seen before that. Like, you should just take the loss for that one instead of like, bring it up, right? Even if you could get the judge to rule in your favor, that might have not been the best thing to do. I'm obviously, obviously phrasing this in a very like kosher way because oh yeah people were uh, were, people were heated online, right i didn't really chime in because i was just like like it's not really my place especially as a castor comment on this um online and everything but um it was interesting and yeah yeah what was your pov on all of that because you were you know probably watching at home or somewhere else right and saw obviously everything online afterward
1: yeah no I i think there are there are a few factors right so um Okay, so I'll just say the first regional that was held in North America at Indianapolis, uh, Pokemon Go has a really cool network effect, which I don't think the other games have anything like this. And I think this is actually incredibly valuable, and it gives us an edge over the other titles. Uh, That network network effect is that we can send out an in-game notification when we are doing a stream. Mm -hmm. And again, huge, huge props to our Go Battle League developers who have like getting helped to get us into the spotlight for these events. Cause normally you just get like pings for calm day or whatever. So essentially during the first one, we got a, a in-game notification for a regional tournament and 5,000 people showed up to the stream, right? Just like flooded in. That was in addition to our regular community. So our viewership increased by like, I don't know, 50, 60% in just a few minutes. Right. And they all showed up to the party and the lights were off at the house. And what I mean by that is we were in the middle of a we'll be right back screen because there was a dispute, right? So again, they pushed the notification maybe timing was unfortunate. You could argue, you know, they should have been watching the stream or whatever you want to say about it. But the fact of the matter is that that dispute was also Doombug 97. Now going, speaking to 241, uh, the dispute that he raised during the Indianapolis tournament, the first one was due to desync. He didn't get a fast attack. Uh, he felt like he should have. It would have helped him flip the matchup. And there was a lot of argument there as well, like if the if the game was actually winnable or not, right? But hopefully that's been addressed in two forty one. But then Dunebug comes two weeks later, or excuse me, two tournaments later to this one, and raises a dispute against a trainer who you know probably he probably didn't need to put himself in that position. Um, there's two things I wanted to mention, right? First is growing pains. This is the first time Pokemon Go has been in the tournament circuit. The, the way that these kind of disputes, picking the wrong Pokemon, registering the wrong team, whatever it might be, the way that those things have been handled so far has not always been consistent, but that's because we're still learning how to operate with this game in the tournament circuit. So we do have to kind of like, we can bend a little bit here to the tournament organizers as they learn what is normal, what is to be expected and like how the game is supposed to work, right? There's also a long list of inconsistencies with the game that might not be visible to these these uh, judges that have just gotten into it. Maybe they don't know what to expect and it's kind of a surprise to them and they don't know how to handle it. But how are you going to handle it when you've got 3000 people watching and there's like, you know, 80 other competitors trying to advance the round and you have to get a battle on stream like there's a lot of pressure. On these people to Mm -hmm. to get things right so um those two things right the prior event excuse me the the kind of like uh incongruent handling of the situation and what i need people to understand excuse me one more time is that dubug 97 is a player who he can look at a game he can say okay there was a 1 in 50 chance of me winning this right and most of us say, well, that's just too much of a disadvantage. Our opponent's too smart. They wouldn't let me do that. Dunebug sees that one win con. He's like, I can do it. Like, I want to win this game. He's the he's the guy that like will keep rolling the dice over and over and over. We'll keep drawing another card until they win. And we're going to have other players that have that mindset. So the rules and the structure need to be set up in such a way that we can control that kind of outcome and we can prevent it from hurting the rest of the tournament, hurting the stream, hurting the game itself, right? So there is some soul-searching going on. I do think he published a really, really good statement on Twitter talking about his competitive tendencies, how sometimes, you know, they got in the way of other, uh, maybe, you know, his competitive integrity, right? Tendency versus integrity. Or maybe he should have recognized the moment, recognized that Bird Power was, you know, a younger player, that she had performed really well. He already had his tickets to Worlds. Maybe he should have just kind of put aside that need to be number one for just a moment and just kind of let things play out. But I'm telling you, he's not the first person that's going to make these kind of disputes. So we just need to grow and figure out how to handle that in the future. And again, redemption arc, right? I think he's learned from it a lot. I do expect we'll see him at worlds just like bird power, you know, hopefully and we'll see uh, if they get out there and then we'll see uh, essentially how it goes.
0: Yeah, I think it's a really good summary of that, and I do, I think the, the, you know, it coming full circle a little bit, I think it was nice that he wrote that apology, right? I think, you know, he acknowledged where he probably made the mistakes and understood why, you know, because of that, he was kicked off a Mazer as well as a result, and the backlash that people gave, and... You know, I, I think a lot of people I've watched, I've read through some of the comments on that apology because some people are very, very harsh and critical of his approach there. Um, even wrote on his apology to too. Like, you know what? Like, I was one of your harshest criti- critics, but I do hope that you take this apology seriously. I, I mean, I support your growth here and hopefully things go well. So, mm. you know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, I mean, Doombug uh, is, to my knowledge, still competing at Worlds in London. So um, that will be... Uh yeah, so we will put that to the test. But I do wish him the best in that regard because uh, one, you just hate to see like all that backlash right online, like no no matter how funny some of the memes are and stuff, and some of them were pretty funny, (laughs) not gonna lie.
1: Yeah, (laughs) I wouldn't want at my expense but like i got a couple smiles a couple chuckles out of some of the, the things that were said but and then you look at the other side of it right people say like downright mean things like, Yeah. there was one guy in the chat who's like Dune bug i'm coming for you and i was like it's never okay to say like yeah exactly
0: right? and like really so, you can comfort someone because they disputed like come on like that's a little yeah, extreme like like, be real. like be real. if you're serious like you should probably seek some anger management like there might be other things <laughs> that you you should you should really think about but um but you know, no one's perfect and stuff, and we're gonna have like people that are very competitive and want to win and stuff, and that's their top priority. And I mean, we're playing competitive games, so that's to be expected. But, um, but yeah, hopefully it was a good learning lesson for all, and um, you know, it was a, it was an interesting time for the game. But I think uh, it looks like at least for the most part, most people are on the same page here, and you know, people are just like, we want to see the footage and blah, blah blah and all this stuff, and like. Like, like it's just uh, my personal take is like what is that really gonna do, right? Like what yeah. if it, it it's gonna just it's just gonna it's not gonna calm people down. As much as you be like, this is what we need to like have peace of mind and stuff. But I feel like sure, maybe you might feel better about that. But then you're going to start raising your pitchforks at something else, right? What if it was yeah. Doombug and, like, he shouldn't have, like, it was his own mistake. He shouldn't have clicked on it. He actually clicked on it or something like that. And the judge didn't catch it and he realized it or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, it makes it look even worse, right? Then people are going to be even more mad at Doombug, right? And, like, I don't know if he needs more, like, hate direct to towards him. Or maybe yeah. it was... um uh a game issue, right? Yeah, a game issue, right? Then you're gonna raise your pitchforks at Niantic or whatever, blah blah, blah all this stuff, and like maybe you raise your pitchforks at Mazer, like who knows, right? Or like it's uh, it was an issue on Doomuk's end, The judge didn't realize it. Then you start like yelling at the judge. You're like, we need more judges and blah blah. blah. Like it, I just like it's just <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like at it's what's done is done. You're not going to like if we should, if you see the footage, you're not going to be go back in time and change it and have bird Power take the two to zero and see how it plays out, right? You're not yeah. like you're not gonna change anything. Uh like just live with how it played out, right? At the end of the day, like yeah. if you can't sleep over this, like Shoot, man. Like there's a lot yeah. of bigger issues out there in the world, you know?
1: Like... I, I feel like anger just like generates more anger. Right? <laughs> exactly. And, and sometimes exactly. you just have to kind of let something go. I mean, it, there have been unfair things that have that have happened in the past. But like you said, Caleb, like you can't go back in time and like change anything. You can get like really angry. But like after you're done, like shaking your fist and like posting memes, guess what? You're, like you're not going to change what happened. Yeah. So we just have to do our best to prevent it from happening a second time.
0: Yeah, like if you feel like you're like, no, but we gotta fight this injustice and this unfairness, you know what? I I feel you, you know, I, I like the energy. You know, the good the good news is there's a lot of injustices out there in the world that you can still direct your energy to. So Yeah, you yeah, go exactly. You go save the world in a different way and it'll be okay, I think. <laughs> that's and, that's and my look,
1: thoughts. like I respect people who feel passionately, like whether whether they're on, you know, the side of the game, the side of the player, whatever it might be. And I'll tell you why. It's because everyone that has an opinion gives a damn. That's the reason, right? Like if nobody Mm -hmm. cared about the game, if nobody wanted to see it succeed, then they would just be like, "Eh, you know, whatever, whatever happened. So we have to like, beside like all the the opposing opinions, we just have to tug on that mutual thread and just say, look, we all really care. and we want this to be successful and we're expressing it like from different sides, but we all want like the same thing. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm not just I'm not just like trying to be political, but seriously, like we both want the game to work. We both want the tournaments to be successful. You can't disagree on that. So let's just try to get there instead.
0: Yeah, no, really well said. I mean, that's and that's another reason why I love my haters. You know, if they if they didn't care about the game or something or me in some way, like, man, you got strong feelings about strong feelings about me than some of my supporters. Right. Like, hey, look, I welcome you to the channel, (laughs) you know, drop the hate comments. (laughs) Right?
1: Like help help the algorithm. It's it's like Drake said, man. Like I heard somebody tell me that I fell off. Ooh, I needed that. Right?
0: Yeah. No, one hundred percent. Some of are right too, you know? Sometimes like, yo, your content's washed up, Caleb. Like, hey man, like you're not wrong sometimes. <laughs> you know,
1: maybe I could make better content. Or maybe well, they're well, just a hater, you, you know. But Well then I'm you just... turn around and drop the video of the year, right? So like who, <laughs> who's a real winner here, right? Come on.
0: Yeah, maybe I should add him after that. Um but uh <laughs> Anyway, um, yeah, so that's our that's our tea of the week, you know, um, the disputes, the disputes from last week. We got some interesting tea for next week, but um, we will stay tuned for that one. I think it's going to be a good one, too. Uh, we could tease it a little bit. It's about streaming watch parties for these events.
1: We'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great place to end it. And Mm -hmm. like, I know we've been running a bit long here. So if you made it to this, this part of the podcast, thank you so much for listening until this point. Um, Honestly, like I feel like the conversation was really good. So I hope it was engaging and you, uh, you know, if you're listening in the car or at home or wherever you might be, maybe you're out, you know, catching Pokemon during Pikachu hour and you're like cursing at your phone. You're like, bang the damn ball, you know, you're freaking out. Uh, maybe this uh, you know helped you to think about a couple other things while you're trying not to lose your mind over catch rates. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's true. We're <laughs> we're probably gonna be experiencing that in about like you know twelve plus hours. So <laughs> we'll, yeah. we'll see. So uh, yeah, may the force be with you if you're trying to catch those Pikachu hats. <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, sure. that's episode fifty five. Welcome back home, sweetie, and uh, everyone that may have been traveling. Hopefully, things. Went according to plan, I saw some nightmare photos and stories on Twitter. But hopefully it's all good and done and we can rest up. And uh, we'll see what's next in store for Pokemon Go.
1: Yeah, man. I'm really looking forward to it. Again, awesome. Awesome time with you, Caleb. And I hope everyone listening really enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, tune in next week. More awesome stuff, right?
0: Uh, Yeah, most definitely. All right. Take care, everyone.